Hey y'all, I'm Moni and you're mixing with Moni, okay? Welcome to my weekly mixer where I take your favorite Bravo shows, TV news, and hot topics, mix it with my opinions and some of my friends' opinions, a little shade, and sometimes a cocktail or two. I'm bringing in my POC perspective to shows we all love. Let's mix it up. Hey, 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 mixologist. It's your girl, Moni, and you are mixing with Moni, okay? So excited for today, but I know some of y'all won't care, but I'm about to share a little, little something, something. Anyway, I went to a bridal store. Mm-hmm. Very excited. My maid of honor surprised me with a total bridal appointment for my bridal side. So not my wedding dress yet, honey. We still, you know, we doing a couple crunches. We're drinking a couple green juices. We're intaking water um, before we go and try on some lace and unforgivable other materials and fabrics. But she surprised me with a inclusive, super safe appointment no one but us in the whole store. So much fun. We're bridal party shopping just to look at colors, look to see what styles I liked, if I wanted people to wear the same thing, if I wanted them to wear different things. All in all, I decided you're going to be investing in my wedding. So just wear something you could probably wear again, girl. Colors, Yes, that will be specific, but everything else, be comfortable. Please dance because I'm not going to be, I don't want to step on nothing, no trains, no nothing. I don't want you to be hurting and hollering. I don't want any of that juju on my day. So wear something that makes you happy as long as it matches the color schemes, which we decided are navy and dusty rose. That's basically just like light pink, honey. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> with a hint of grown. Dusty Rose is basically pink, but without the immaturity, without the juvenile behavior behind it. Doesn't give me juvenile. It gives me grown, adult, a little sexy. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't feel just girly, mainly because my fiance would not let that happen. She absolutely cannot stand pink. So Dusty Rose is what we got. And she is cool with that. So it's navy and Dusty Rose. And my side will wear navy. And my fiance's side will wear Dusty Rose. And that was mainly because of complexions. Though anyone can wear anything, predominantly my side is full of white women. I don't know how that happened, but I love them. And that's why I tell people all the time, we can work together. Seriously, kumbaya, right? Because I found a group of fantastic girls who we understand each other, we love each other, we support each other. Let me tell you something. My maid of honor is a Karen in the making in the best way. So I'm going to give her a different name, a Karina. Karina? Oh, no, that's 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 too specific. Let's do like a Tammy. I don't know, like something that's non-dangerous because I don't want Karen people think, oh, she's dangerous. But when I have had some experiences in a store or two or in a situation, my maid of honor will come around that corner and she be going ham with the eyes behind the mask. She is very much so. Let me speak to the manager. I don't like this person's attitude and how they're treating my friend. And then she consoles me and gives me a Starbucks when I don't really need it. I'm like, girl, I'm good. You know, things happen. It's fine. But she don't, she doesn't accept that. And that is the kind of friend that I want by my side. Um, so I obviously wanted them all to wear colors that would complement their skin. and 
though, again, they were prepared to wear anything. I was worried that if they took the dusty pink side, a couple of my bridesmaids like to turn pink when they're excited and happy when they cry <laughs> to turn real pink. And I just didn't want it to mesh and blend. And I just want to be respectful of everyone's complexion concerns. So navy blue, they all looked good in navy blue. And when they turn a little pink from excitement, dancing too much, having a good time, which we all could, some just conceal it a little better than others um, with no real input of their own. I want them to feel beautiful, look beautiful. We tried them on. Uh, she looked fantastic and all the ones that she picked. And it was really, really special. What's also special is I will be in my maid of honors wedding next year as well. I'm a bridesmaid in her wedding. And so I got to try on dresses myself for her wedding and it was just so fun, so special. And I really had a great time. So yeah, honey, we are, we're in the mix. And before y'all start saying it's early, the lovely bridal attendant was like, it's early, but it's also not because A, COVID, pushing everything back. They're getting things late and everything. B, I need alterations. Your girl is short and thick with two C's. So I need to make sure that what I like looks good on me, holds the girls up, up front, keeps me in and back, and flatters me down below. In which case, I need alterations. I need to pick things. I'm very picky. I like to make sure I look good. I know what I like and I don't like. And there's a lot of options. So it's also just very fun because right now, my roommate, my maid of honor and I do live together. We do have time to spend with each other before we're both done school. So it was fun to do it while we have this opportunity. So don't go criticizing. I'm doing the best I can to have fun during these times because when I'm not trying on dresses, I am in the house, blinds closed, looking out. Help, please, someone let me out of this home. I just, I've never, now whenever my fiance is like, do you want to get some fresh air? It means curbside. That's just where we're at. Like curbside is all that I got. It's all I have left. So it's the only field trip I ever get is to stay in the house, tip the window open and go, thank you. And just take it in. And that's about it. So please believe and understand I'm doing the best I can to find joy and having a exclusive private bridal fitting thing, like, you know, trying on dresses or whatever. It gave me a lot of joy. We were masked up. Nobody else was there. Everything was cute, clean, and it was really great. It was a really fun time. And that is the end of my I'm getting married saga for some of y'all who are like, girl, we don't care. Just I hope y'all skipped ahead. Anywho, back to the good stuff. Just going to jump right in now. I have Ono Bravo back again, as you saw, to discuss Salt Lake City finale. And I catch her up on the latest in Dallas. Then to kick off Black History Month, I have travel expert and journalist Anaya Richards, whose most recent byline can be found in none other than Business Insider Honey titled Seven Destinations to Visit in the U.S. to Learn About Black History. Y'all, she is a travel guru. She's gone everywhere. She has big aspirations. I'm over here like, I'd hope one day to leave the country, maybe um, Hawaii. Oops, that's in America. Um, I don't know where I'd go if I had the opportunity. I think my fiance and I decided we were going to try to go to Mexico, provided it's safe. You know, we're not annoying tourist people and we can do our best to go there. But that's our first place. It's with me. Neither of us have been out of the country. But y'all, I asked Anaya where she would like to go where her dream destination is. 
I'm asking a travel expert, expecting her to tell me something regular, like someplace that we that we could actually aspire to go to, me and my people. But also, she does this, you know, this is her job. She is a travel expert. So she gives me, yeah, you'll hear her answers. So I was like, oh, okay, yes. Oh, wow. Never would have even considered it. And I think that's the whole point is that she really opens the door up to things that people don't expect or consider. She's also been able to travel during COVID and she's been showing people how easy it is to abide by guidelines, to make it look cute and fun. She hopes that people are doing that, you know, abiding by CDC, abiding by the, the other governments of other countries, the travel, the airlines and stuff, what their rules are, how easy it is to just comply so that you're not being I don't know, kicked out of a jet ski competition in a foreign island and being placed in jail. And if you don't know that story, I highly suggest you look it up. But they're just asking us to do one thing and it's to keep the people safe and those who are on those in those other countries who this is their home, keep them safe as well. And I like that and keep yourself safe because why not? So she's been teaching people how to do that during this time. And it's a really, she's a really special woman. I absolutely love her. Real life black excellence and Bravo obsessed queen. We talk about Atlanta as they are on their cast trip and we have a good old Kiki pumpkin. We really do. We have a good time. So I asked her some questions about traveling and where she'd like to go, as I said, and it's, it's honestly just a good ass time. Y'all, y'all will have a good time with her. So of course, first up, oh no, Bravo talking Salt Lake City and Dallas. And then um, probably in the last uh, uh, hour is going to be more so um, Anaya, because it's it's about a 45 to 50 minute interview um, with her talking Atlanta and travel overall. She has things in the vault. She's very, very good at the Bravo things, y'all. But also, I just wanted to highlight somebody that I follow on Instagram who I think is popping. Like she's a really cool Black travel expert. And that's something that I never, in my Black home, we weren't raised to think about traveling all over the world. My parents just wanted to make sure that we got in before the streetlights came on. And that was the extent of my travel like life or dreams. So she makes me want to dream big. And I really appreciate that. And she's a journalist, honey. She's writing. She's writing in the girls, the, the magazines, the articles, the website. She's recognized. Blue check mark. Yeah, we did that. Okay. We leveled up. We have Bravo obsessed people who are now experts in things and are professionals. Okay. So pumpkins, mixologists, we are on our way to really being something that is elite. Not really. We just having a good time. And that's all that matters. So coming up next, have a good time with me and Ono Bravo. And then at about the last 49 minutes, you'll expect Anaya. Have a great time. Y'all take care of yourselves and let's get into the good stuff. All right, y'all, as promised, I am here with none other than y'all's favorite guest, I swear, Oh No Bravo is back again, and we're going to get into all the things. This week, we've said, Oh No Bravo. We've said, Oh Yes Bravo. We said, Okay Bravo. We've said a lot of things to Bravo, so I have Oh No Bravo here to say all the things back to them, and we're just, we're going to get into all the things. Thank you so much for coming back. I am so excited to be back. I am so excited to talk about all the things because boy, are there things to talk about. So many things. <laughs> all of the things. That's probably going to be the title of this episode. <laughs> all of the things with Oh No Bravo. Um, we're going to talk Salt Lake City and a little bit of uh, Dallas. Um, Dallas, 
I haven't talked much about this season. It has been kind of slow. It is picking up for me now. And I'm going to convince Ona Brava to hop on the train now. Like, just like, as it's moving, just hop, you know? Like, don't wait for it to come to your stop. Just hop on now. Yeah, I need to hop on the train. I've been... Dallas is just so tough because I was mm. going to hop on the train last season and then the Leanne <laughs> and so then sorry. I was going to hop on the train at the start of this season and then the Brandy stuff happened yeah. and then I did happen to catch like 10 minutes because I'm a narcissist the the episode of watch what happens live I was in the audience for Dallas was on first so I caught 10 minutes in which I saw Carrie tell Dr. Moon that Dr. Moon was being racist towards her own people and I was like okay I'm hopping back <laughs> off the train is has left the tracks and I'm just gonna roll off and just like go down the hill like no thank you <laughs> no I mean what I will say and of course we'll get into Dallas a little bit later but what I will say is the highlight of my entire life is where the once only minority on the cast, Carrie, says, well, I'm so this episode, she was like, well, I'm sorry if I got it wrong. It was, well, I'm Mexican. And Dr. Moon goes, and I'm Chinese. And? And I was like, oh, oh, I like it. <laughs> and she goes, well, English is not my first language. She goes, no, duh, if you've been listening, English isn't my first language. I would correct you. Well, you're correcting my grammar. And Dr. Moon's like, well, I, honey, I'd correct you if you were Swedish, German, Mexican, Chinese. It doesn't matter. It was wrong. And I was like, we have taken off everyone. We have left off people. We do. All right. All right. Maybe Dr. Moon will get me on the train once and for all. My sister-in-law has been like begging me to start watching and I just... Uh, I'm stubborn like that. But every time you tell me to watch a show, you're always right. So, I mean, you got me into Potomac. You told me Summer House was good for a binge. And now here I am on the Summer House train. So, okay, fine, fine, fine. I will get on the Dallas train just for you, Moni. Thank you. I feel honored to be able to be a Bravo um, program advisor. Um, that could really actually be a title of mine because people consistently will ask me, like, do I do I really start married to medicine? I'm like, actually, you do. Like, okay, so where? I'm like, so here's something we're not all used to. You start from the beginning because they've never had a bad season. And they're like, never? There's like eight seasons. Like, I know. I know. There's no <laughs> such thing as bad to them. Ryan Bailey from So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, he started it. And I said, I'm here to advise you on this journey. You start from the beginning and you enjoy. And I checked in the other day. I said, how is it going? He said, I'm really enjoying this binge. Thank you. I said, Godspeed. Yeah, that's going to be my next binge too. I'm still working my way through like old school Atlanta, but I listened to that episode. I can't keep track. You were either on his, he was on yours, but you talked about married to medicine and I'm the same as Ryan where it's hard for me to open my heart to a new franchise and new women because I'm like, oh, I already have so many feelings about so many strangers as mm -hmm. it is. How can I possibly have opinions about more? And then, you know, true to form, I'm very good at having opinions. <laughs> So what am I Yes, <laughs> Especially if you like to really invest in a family. One thing I've always said is married to medicine. I've consistently said it's the best Bravo ensemble cast they've ever created, period, of any group or show ever in history because they include the husbands full time. The husbands are equally as casted. Yes, we are looking at the wives because they are quote unquote, the married to the medicine, but 
it's also a balance where half the cast of women are married to a doctor. The other half are doctors who are married and some even to other doctors, but that's the whole thing. And because they have that balance of both, the women who are doctors, we need to get their husband's perspective because they're the ones who are married to the medicine. So it's a phenomenal concept and they have the men in the confessionals with their wives, sometimes alone. And it's like an equal thing. When they go on trips, it's a couple's trip every time. And that's something like a dynamic that we don't often get to see where it's not a question of, oh, where's your husband? Where's your family? You know, if you like right. Denise and Kyle, if they say, where's your husband? Someone's having problems and we're going to get to the bottom of it. And there's always this like top-notch couple that plans the whole trip because they think they're like the quintessential married couple (laughs) and they just tell everyone else how to be on the marriage train and all the other couples are like this is bullshit it's really great like it's so good and I guess that gets rid of the trope that we see in other shows where some of the husbands really like to be involved we've got the you know the well actually Seth on Salt Lake City was was that husband this year where he's having Mm. opinions and you're kind of like Shush, 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 shush. You're not a housewife. Shush, 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 shush. You need yes. to, you need to sit down with PK, and she, he needs to give you that cat up the tree analogy that made no sense, but kind of did because it's PK. <laughs> and then you have some husbands who aren't involved, and so that would take away that dynamic of like, why is the husband getting involved? Because they're a cast member. Of course, they're mm-hmm. going to get involved. Yeah, that's interesting. And they've never had a one season wife. Everyone on there has been at least three seasons until they leave, four seasons. Some of them now been on since the very beginning. Two of them have been on since the first day. So that's almost eight seasons. It's unheard of and it's delicious. There are more OGs on that cast than anywhere else. And this season, they're bringing back, this is why I tell people you need to watch season one because this upcoming season, they are bringing back more than one wife from the first seasons. And you see why they left. And well, they did have one one season housewife. I think it was Carrie, the only white woman on the cast. Because Bravo loves to say that we can't have all one minority cast. It actually has to be, we must have one woman who is non-Black or non-person of color because she must be like, you know, that's diversity. But it doesn't, it doesn't copy <laughs> paste to the other ones. <laughs> right, it doesn't work the other way for some reason. That's no, so strange. Mm-mm. All of OC, I just made this analogy today. Like all of OC has been blonde blue for like a great considerable amount of time. However, The Bachelor was able to pluck only their second black suitor straight out of Orange County, has um, a Mexican Monty, mom, everything. I, I, I hate to correct you, but um, famously, Kelly Dodd is black. Didn't you know that? <gasps> You're right. Oh my God, Kelly, I'm so sorry. <laughs> not here on this Black History Month. I did not mean to slay you and your family <laughs> during this time. I'm so sorry. <laughs> to all 2.3% of you, I'm sorry. Oh like, okay, girl. Okay, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say, trigger you so early. It's okay. Needless <laughs> to say to everyone, y'all go do yourselves a favor, watch Married to Medicine. Start a season one, you will enjoy. And as soon as you see meet all these new characters, even if you don't get to the end, you'll get caught up enough to know who the major players are because again, they are all there for multiple, multiple, multiple seasons. So you'll see them come back this upcoming season. And when you see this new season and you see certain people aren't there, you'll be like, oh my God, wait, where is this person? Where is that person? Wait, what's going on? But also the rise and fall of the relationships and the friendships between the women are are some of the most pivotal things I've ever seen because you truly get to see a transition because they've kept the cast the same. So you truly get to see them pivot like, 
there's best, best friends, Mariah and Quad, who are like two peas in a pod. They are the best comedic duo I've ever seen on TV. They give you all, all of the good slang things. You will be hashtagging this shit out of them. And you all know Bravo, like you love a good hashtag moment. You will see so many. Catch Fire is one of my favorite from Quad. It means go to hell. And it's so great. And I just think it's so beautiful and delicious. And then to see them, spoiler alert, but not really, their friendship evolve and then transform. You're simply like, wait, how did we get here? But you watch them get there and it's truly iconic. And then Mariah, who is the creator of the show, she was always an executive producer. There are a couple of seasons where she chose not to be a part of it, kind of like a Whitney from, uh, or- um, From Southern Charm. Yeah, Whitney from Southern Charm. Like he's there and then not there. But this season, honey, they fired the woman from her own show. And I just think it's so, I don't oh, understand how they're going to do it. <laughs> okay, sold. But I'm excited to sold, watch. Sold, 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 yes. Right. I'm going to, that'll be, maybe I'll cover that on my Patreon a little bit. Yeah, why not? There's like no buyer's remorse on that one. You will love it. You will enjoy it. It will truly treat your soul and it will give you a lot to work with, even from season one. And we kind of haven't had that happen of a franchise where season one didn't really give it to us until, I would say now, with Salt Lake City, where I'm surprised people do say it's kind of, they, they it was slow. But as Danny Pellegrino said, what more could we have asked for? They did the best they could with what they had. And to me, honey, they delivered. How about you? A hundred percent they delivered. I do not understand the pushback that it was slow. It's like, okay, yes, we couldn't have kept up the hospital smell energy for 12 straight episodes, 13 straight episodes, Mm -hmm. but we got so much. And the fact that they are first season housewives, the fact that this was a first season, I don't think Mm -hmm. we've ever had such a dynamic season right out of the gate with a series premiere and they really found their voice and their energy and their vibe very quickly. And it's a new energy and a new vibe compared to other franchises. I was delighted the whole time. I love all of the women. Yeah. I will say they really did to me work well together, even when they obviously weren't working together. I thought that they played off of each other very well. There was a good amount of shade in the confessionals that gave me we're not so close that I won't talk about you badly, but then also didn't give me, I'm out of nowhere coming for you. It was very appropriate. I mean, we see it as like a quick jump ahead with Meredith's mask and Whitney imitating the mask with the, oh, now the all too familiar surgical mask. Oh, what a moment. What a foreshadow. But it was just really funny to me because she's like, girl, you're not above reproach. We're going to come after you a little bit. It's funny. (laughs) And I just have to ask this question out of the gate because we're not there yet, but I just must know. Meredith said the mask is high fashion. People in Utah wouldn't understand as someone who is not in Utah, do you understand? I do not. I do okay. not. And I think that a certain Brooks Marks was behind this look. And I say, how dare mm. you, sir? Mm-hmm. You should be ashamed. Mm-hmm. But someone he's so he's out here. Yeah. He's out here worried about his mom taking off her pants on camera. Yeah. He should be worried about her showing up wearing this, like it essentially- a curtain or like a um the watch what crappens guys said it was like a, a footstone those like little peely <laughs> stones like she that was not that was not it that was not yes. it for Meredith and she was so fashionable the entire season it's like well you just lost all your street cred there 
Yeah, just wear a fastener, call it a day. Like maybe if she had put it <laughs> over her head, I could have gotten more of like a Dorit look. I think Dorit did something very similar to this. I'm picturing her hair kind of slicked back for some reason with like curls or something happening in like a metallic or some kind of metal dress. And she had like crystals or glue or something very shiny in her head. I'm like, just do that. Put it in the hair and we'll judge it that way. But I am very much so the photographer. Can you see? Are you a health hazard? <laughs> this is just a, a Botox place. There's no one really actually equipped to help you if you <laughs> fall and hurt yourself. Like they will have to just simply call 911 and the, the intake emergency room form will just say like, you know, injury by way of fashion. Like, I don't, Fashion I in quotes. I yes, yeah, so, I too am not in Utah. I, don't understand. Yeah, what do I know? I am a suburban mom in Maryland. However, that's going to be to quote Randy Jackson from American Idol. That's going to be a no for me, dog. Yeah, <laughs> it is also <laughs> going to be a no for me, dog. Um, yeah, I'm I'm not a suburban mom, and I know plenty of non-suburban moms who are like I don't like it. I know suburban moms are like I don't get it, and a lot of people are just not getting it. So I think. Um, <laughs> I think it's not to be gotten because <laughs> it's also something to be said when she's like Utah people wouldn't understand but honey your audience is Utah like you're doing this in Utah so who do you think oh are you doing this because you know you're on a show being shown everywhere else I mean are there Swarovski crystals why are we supposed to get excited about this mask it was so weird because like we obviously saw the previews of her wearing this and I'm like oh it must be like a strange theme party like mm -hmm. hmm. I was trying to think of like what is the theme no she just literally was like oh it's a finale party which you got to give her credit she was like it's a finale party and I'm just gonna do this regardless of the theme regardless of the fact that everyone here is not going to understand this here I go. And as a member of the Bravo meme making community, I for one say thank you for the bravery <laughs> because you've given us all so much to work with and I will be reposting every single one. <laughs> I will. Every time I see one, I've seen one that's like, what are they called? Like the things that you used to make impressions with? Like yes, the needles? Yes, 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 I was like, like, that's shoved the one. Your, shoved your <laughs> face in and there it was. It, literally when it came to me, I gasped out loud and I was just transported back into my grandparents' basement of my brother and I, the cold needles hitting your face as you made the imprint. And I was like, well, you know what? Nostalgia, I suppose. It's got the nostalgia factor. Yes. So Let's back up to the beginning. We are post Las Vegas. We are back and everyone is doing their things to reel in, which is kind of ridiculous because 98% sure this is probably well after the trip. Like this is not the next day. And also I just love the housewife trope. It's part of the formula. So I'm not actually mad about it. I actually do love that they act like no one has talked about it since they've last filmed. Like right. cameras go <laughs> off and they simply just go, shut up, no more. No one say a thing. Like when they get into the bed with their husbands and they're like, so tell me about the trip. You never really told me about it. I beg to differ. You absolutely told your spouse about that damn trip. You tell them before you even leave the room. You're like, yo, this is crazy. You know what's happening right now? I'm about to send you a video. Just look. And a voice memo, you know, that kind of thing. And then you get to the room like, yo, babe, they're bugging downstairs. Let me tell you what happened. And then you do it again when you get on the plane and then you get home. And as soon as you walk in the door, it was so crazy. And they're like, yeah, so I have to tell you, did you know that Jen went nuts? And it's like, no, I did not know that. You've been home for two weeks, but I had no clue. Tell me more. And it's like, okay, 
<laughs> that would actually not be a very healthy marriage for me. If I can't tell you until like two weeks later about something that happened, I can't live there. Oh, I mean, I go on a girl's trip. I walk through the door. I'm like, all right, pour me a glass of wine. I got a lot to tell you about. Like, Let me tell you what she said. <laughs> Did you know? Hey, when next time you see her husband, don't mention it, but... <laughs> so heather is getting ready for her grand opening of her second location i just had someone from the slc area samantha on my podcast last week who talked about like heather was an obvious choice for casting because she's like it's right by the house it actually is really lit people really do go there it's a business business so shout out to heather a lot of people want to walk around looking like heather and jen and how you interpret that is how you interpret that but that's what I'm saying (laughs) but she isn't it so funny that she's like you know they're working to get it ready she's like I'm not gonna have a grand opening that's not done and I'm like we'll talk to Sheree on Atlanta she has different opinions (laughs) where you can in fact have a grand opening party you can Mm -hmm. in fact have a fashion show with no fashion how dreadful yes you can also have a a chateau without (laughs) a finished basement housewarming the house is warm, but the basement's not done. I think it's actually very brave. And why not? Why not have a party? I just love Sheree's encouragement of herself to just always have a party. She's like, you're just going to throw it and it's fine. It doesn't matter. You don't need to see the basement, Kenya. And she's, quite frankly, she's not wrong, but a, a true tour of a home means a tour of a home. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, there's that. Also, y'all, another plug Married to Medicine, the homes. Honey, why are we in a casita? Can I just say? because the homes uh, of double doctors as well oh honey oh <laughs> and they got that very medicine money and they are out here spending it and i love to see people spend their coin it's very good cathartic for me because i'm saving it so you go ahead and spend it and have fun for the both of us maybe that will be my way to end my shopping addiction is by watching married to medicine and watch them spend money instead of me giving money to amazon for wigs Yes, because all I have to say to people is three words. Two-story closet. Look it up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's oh all you need to watch for is that two-story closet. Anywho, we are with Heather, and she's doing the things at the Beauty Lab and Laser. We're very excited for her. She's having her own business. She's a single mom, yay girl, uh, financially independent from that old man that I cannot believe she actually married. Because all the hype that she gave me about him, I'm like, this it? Okay. Mm -hmm. Did you know they were called stanchions? I did not, you know, and that's why... I well Whitney did but I watched my housewives for you know an education it was like a stretch the (laughs) fact that of all people Whitney did and I thought it was like a running joke because first of all no one actually picks out like no one actually points out stanchions like they never go look at those stanchions and that's exactly what she did when she walked in she goes oh wow the stanchions and she's like you know those were called that she goes yeah everyone does I'm like no they don't no, they don't. I'm pretty sure people who make them even think they're called poles. And then at the actual premiere or opening night party, someone was like, oh yeah, the stanchions. Like, no, be quiet. <laughs> you don't. Now, this is not okay. Maybe if you do, it's not a common knowledge. Don't make it feel like Heather just was like out here not knowing stuff, being uncultured because she don't know that it's called stanchions. We didn't know that. At no. least we did not. I absolutely have never heard the word stanchion before, but now I've heard it about 87 times in 60 minutes of this finale episode. So sure, stanchion, stanchion, stanchion. And I will never forget it. 
and will always say it and now i'll be the narcissistic uh you know asshole in the room who goes so did you know they were called stanchions you are uncultured do you even travel darling do you even get on a plane which right now no i don't but in general (laughs) (laughs) so now we have heather kind of talking to whitney about whether or not she should be inviting jen if this was your party would you uninvite Jen, especially after she called you a disloyal, basically a hag. No. I, so this is the thing with Jen. Jen is an excellent housewife because she has stands. Like there are st- Jen stands. They are out and about. They mm. are loud and proud. And I'm like, are we watching the same show? Because the moment that Jen turned on Heather, I was like, boo. Like Heather has been such an amazing friend to Jen through this whole time. I love that the editors gave us the flashback of all of the things Heather did during the season to be a good supportive friend to Jen. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, like, I don't know if I would invite her because I wouldn't want it to be a scene, especially because this isn't a housewives business. This is an actual business that is successful. And Heather is a successful businesswoman. This isn't a Sonia Morgan toaster oven launch. This is her actual business that is paying the bills and she's doing really well at. That being said, only Heather Gay could make the shadiest comment ever. And it doesn't seem shady when she said, well, you know, Jen is a big supporter of Beauty Lab. <laughs> I'm like, well, that is <laughs> And I don't even think that you meant it shady, but it's still shady. And I love a good shade. I really do. And I like that Heather rises to the occasion <laughs> and is an equal opportunity shader and is stirring this pot up because she's kind of like made herself now and this is not in a shady way but she's made herself now the main victim Mm -hmm. because and not for lack of it being true it's a valid thing to do it's like because Jen attacked everyone at that dinner and and right right? she went after everyone she went after Meredith to me again Meredith has the largest log in this fire because you're out here talking about my marriage period and you're telling people things that I haven't told them and I'm sorry I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit why does Jen keep acting like it's literally not on camera her talking shit about her marriage like she's acting so and even on social media like recently she's like well you know people are lying about what I said I'm like I am watching the show and I literally watched you. You may not have like come out straight and said it, but you were implying enough that you wanted this to be a storyline about her marriage. Like I'm just so confused by Jen and her. I mean, I guess again, it's what makes an excellent housewife, but like she is so not grounded in reality. And it's like, what show are you watching? Honestly, what life are you living? Like it's, it's if she thinks that cameras because they add 10 pounds to your weight, they add 10 words to your speech. That's actually not how that works at all. What they capture that you said, it's like, what you say is what you say. Even if your intent wasn't that, your words, they mean things. And I mean, I did a, um, I had Raven from Mainly Bravo on the Patreon to talk hot topics this week. So obviously we addressed the the gin debacle and the live and what she said about, um, you know, <laughs> the women trying to silence her which no one did first of all not a soul they literally were just like scared shitless and were like please um don't wag your finger at me and your drink is also very very loose and moving around um they them silencing her was in her words no uncertain ones very certain ones actually the same as putting your knee on her neck which is a direct correlation and and a comparison 
of what happened to George Floyd, who was murdered by law enforcement officers. That, unless someone actually did it to her, that we didn't see and know about, to silence her, it's not the same thing. Also, it is not the same thing as being silenced because unfortunately, and sadly, the intention of that officer was not to silence that man. Right. Because the man could speak. He said very many things in his final words. And I just, I can't understand in good conscience how she could say that and equate it to something like that. Because if that, God forbid, was one of her sons who called out for their mom, who would be her, as this grown man did, because he was in that much level of fear, mm-hmm. I can't understand how we can go from understanding that that is so absurd and unnecessary. It never would it be, but it is just, it's the darkest, most disgusting thing that can happen to a person and equate that to you being on a elective reality television show where if people disagree with you, somehow you are now the victim of brutality. No one fought you or any of those things. And I'm just, I don't understand how we made that jump. And quite frankly, if you feel the need to tell me how, I don't want to know. So just don't, because just, I don't care. I don't really want to know how you excused it in your head, because I'm not excusing it in mine. But she did issue an apology would we as of when we're recording it. Would we call it an apology? We would call it a statement, mm-hmm. a statement. And what she intended for it to be is an apology mm-hmm. or something that would suffice in, in, instead of. And her, in no uncertain words, again, she basically said, if you somehow thought that that's she what I was literally doing. said, I'm sorry that you thought I was making a reference to George Floyd. So I'm just like, especially for when this live originally aired, which was some time ago, people like this was a while ago. Exactly my point. It means it was, we're getting closer from it not being yesterday. We're getting closer and closer to when this actually happened last summer. So it was the, the live was from June. Yeah. So. Okay. So it happened in like, so we, maybe a week or two, some weeks after this all went down. What reference were you making? Was this, is this a common phrase? This is a common thing to say. I actually don't think it is. I mean, it's not a slang thing. It's not something that we know of that would equate to that. So that it would be like, oh, that's not a reference to this. The difference was back then, nobody knew your show like that. Nobody was watching you like that. No one cared enough to call you out because they also didn't love you yet. They didn't know you yet. They didn't hate you yet, anything. They had nothing really to critique because we weren't watching it yet. And now here we are and we're saying, um, girl, this isn't it. And she is literally doing now what she did on the show. And she's like, but let me explain to you why I, why I think this way. And it's like, that's great, but you can also just apologize. You can actually literally say, I said that. Mm-hmm. And if you took it that way, that's probably because I wasn't watching my words. So for that, I'm sorry that you were offended or hurt or upset. I said the wrong thing. I'm sorry I said it because you said it. And it's always with Jen, 
I said it, but you didn't hear what I said. You didn't she's hear always, it that way. She's perpetually putting herself in the victim role. And I think nothing was more evident than that when she literally compared herself to a literal victim of murder. Like, I, I think two things can be true. Wow. I always, so there's a, there's a, um, a child psychologist I follow on Instagram side note, if there are any parents out there, Dr. Becky on Instagram has saved my life in quarantine. She is an yes. behavioral psychologist, but she always says two things can be true. And it's things like, you know, two things can be true. You can mm-hmm. be angry at me, but we're not reading another book before bed. And I've started applying that to housewives. Cause as you always say, Moni, they are like children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the housewives are just like the children yes. that we work with. And um, <laughs> in this case, two things can be true. They're there can be things that maybe weren't shown on camera or that got edited in a certain way. And Jen has said she believes some of the women's reactions to her were based in race or had racial undertones. That can be true. I can believe yeah. that. I can sure. 100% understand that. But it can also be true at the same time that her comparing herself, her comparing herself to a man who literally lost his life is totally disgusting and inappropriate and just a ridiculous thing to compare herself to. And I was just so disappointed by this non-apology. I mean, she really is a true blue housewife with this apology because it didn't take any accountability. It once again, put her in the victim role of this video is resurfaced and people are taking it out of context. And I didn't mean it that way. And it's like, all we really needed from her was, wow, I said this in the heat of the moment. I was not thinking I misspoke. I can totally understand why this is so inappropriate. I have black sons and I know that this is not the same, that my life was never in danger on this show mm-hmm. and we could have moved on. And it's just unfortunate that this Stan culture, I've seen a lot of people like, see, she apologized. We're moving on. And it's like, we can love people and be super fans of them and also still hold them accountable for when they mess up because Jen surrounds herself with yes people. And maybe she needs to hear it like it is every once in a while. Maybe mm-hmm. she needs to hear from the people who actually love her because it would mean more he- it would mean more coming from them than from like me, a stranger on the internet who has like no no dog in this fight. Mm-hmm. But like she needs to stop surrounding herself with yes people. And even in this episode, you hear Heather say that to her, like the Shaw squad is on your payroll. I am your friend and I'm friends with you because I want to be. So fucking listen to me. Pardon yeah. my French. It gives me Kardashian vibes where people used to tell, you know, Kim and Kylie, all of them would make decisions. And then you got the internet, especially black Twitter, who is like, girl, no. And they're like, wait, what? This isn't like a good idea. When, um, like when Kendall saved the world by giving people Pepsis. Girl. <laughs> girl. I mean, I'm just glad it didn't happen. Like that whole thing didn't air this past summer. Could you imagine that would be the worst aging ad I would have ever seen. It's like, (laughs) so what do you say? We should have just given the man a Pepsi and you'd be like, huh, actually let me not murder this man. What are you talking about, girl? You cannot solve the world's problem. Not hunger. You literally can't even solve world hunger with a Pepsi because it's empty calories. The girls are still hungry. (laughs) So it means nothing. Like your girl. Oh no, but for me, it's when Chloe's using the SMH emoji and it's they're they're the black ones. I was and we everyone was like, um, I think you meant this one. Because they do typically, and this is for like I mean, I don't even 
as someone who is actually an educator, I truly do not believe in cancel culture because if that were the case, I'd be kicking kids out of the classroom and never seeing them again. And at four or five years old, they should just give up on life because they didn't learn the one way how to read that I wanted them to learn. That's actually not how that works. To me, everyone can actually learn should they choose to. Mm-hmm. I think that's a very important caveat is should they choose to. And it's like, if you have a lot of people around you who are like, actually, girl, you're the best and you're so good. You're so cute. We're just so happy and we love you. And it's great. Thank you for my check. Then how are they going to, are they going to lose their job? Like, what are you talking about? And to me, to even have your husband on the live, I rolled my eyes so hard because A, the presence of one black man does not mean all the black people are going to go, actually, you know what? He is King Black and we are just going to say yes. Yes, Miss Shaw, we now are on board. We we, we uh, forgive you. You don't even need to say sorry. We're good. We see him. We're good. Like, no. Also, he didn't say it. He didn't say it. So I don't need him there. I need you to acknowledge that whether you meant it that way or not, and she does this on the show, she thinks that her intent somehow overrides the action. And that doesn't, that's not how it works. You can absolutely not mean it and still apologize for saying it. Ooh. Yeah, I think, I think she is gearing up to get the villain edit in season two. I mean, she already kind of was low-key the villain in season one. I think they're gearing up to make her the villain, and she is not prepared for that. I think she thought she Oof. was going to be Queen Bee MVP. We're all on Shaw Squad. We're all bowing down. We're all loving her. She was not expecting to be polarizing. And now I think if they were smart, if I were a producer, she would be the villain because she's the type of villain like a Kenya where she's still going to have people that are riding for her and love Mm -hmm. to love to love her, love to hate Mm -hmm. her. But I don't know if Jen is like, I don't know if she has the same mental strength that a Kenya has that knows to Mm -hmm. play the game and knows what their role is. I don't know if she'd be able to handle it. King is 50 years of some darkened soul. Like she knows what she's doing. She does not care. And she really owns it. And it makes it almost enjoyable because you're just like yikes (laughs) like to me actually Jen gives me Jennifer Aiden vibes and I think that they're almost identical because they truly are polarizing and they kind of set out to be they don't always see how you don't like them but then you get them at home and somehow every single time you opinion flip and you're like wait are you a human Oh, oh my God. Because you, I, I'm not going to lie. I think Jen makes sense for the show. As angry as I am for this situation, mm-hmm. I don't think Salt Lake City is prepared to move on one more season without her. I don't think this is an absolute cancel the contract. If we can keep Kelly Dodd all season, we can keep Jen. Oh, because I do God. think Jen is actually someone who is the capacity to learn, especially if she knew her job was on the line for it, or if it was important to her, which I do believe that as this show goes on, it will become important to her because I don't think she's going to want to alienate, especially the Black fan base and people who do want to be allies. And I'm like, girl, this is an ally incorrectly. I think that she can do this differently, but also we have only had one season. I think right. that we need to give every single person in this cast a second season. It just I makes want sense. everybody back. I want everybody back. I want everybody to get another seat. I want Marianne Cosby to escape her closet full time. Like I want everybody back. And with Jen, I do think she has the capacity to learn and grow. I think she needs to get out of her own way. I need, I think she needs to go to therapy, maybe do some journaling, maybe, you know, light a candle and do some meditation. She needs to figure out her shit. But I do think that 
again, like I think that she is an ally. She has been an outspoken proponent of Black Lives Matter, but that doesn't mean that she is incapable of saying the wrong thing. And I think that's what mm-hmm. people need to get out of their heads that by holding somebody accountable, we're not saying they're a terrible person. We're not saying they're racist. We're not saying that they haven't done amazing work for the cause. It's just, we're saying, hey, maybe don't compare yourself to a murdered man. Just pretty yeah. simple. Also, just don't compare yourself to a plight that you don't have. And I'm not saying that it's not a struggle. Listen, more power to her for deciding to even stay in Utah, grow up there. When she sat down with Lisa Barlow, I appreciated Lisa being like, oh yeah, right. And you're right. Like I get it. And she, but to me, if anything, Jen should take the Lisa approach in this situation where Lisa was not telling Jen how to feel as a person of color in Utah. Cause she's like growing up with all white people. She's like, I don't know what that's like, but Jen, that's the whole point. Though you are also a person of color, you who have acknowledged the different things that your sons and your husband faces, you do not face those same things specifically because one, you are not a man. So what you, what, what happened, what could happen to them, what you were so upset about Mary M. Cosby saying about black men in front of a 7-Eleven, I understand why you'd be upset. That is upsetting because those are your sons. That could be your husband. That could be my cousins. Like that makes sense to me. I was upset about it too, but that's also the point. That's not a situation that you are in, have been in, or God forbid ever will be put in because your situation and your plights are different than that of your husband's and that of your son's. They're not one greater or lesser. They're not one different. Like they're, di- they're different in that you are not the same. We don't know. I don't know what it's like to be, I think she's Tongan, Tongan. Tongan. I don't know what it's like to be that. I don't. And I definitely don't know what it's like to be in Utah because that is not a twist I would ever make willingly. You know what's interesting though is that apparently there's a huge Tongan community in Salt Lake City. It's like one of the biggest Tongan communities in the United States. So it was interesting to hear her in that first episode being like, nobody knew what I was growing up. Everybody thought that I was Black. And that may have been her experience. Well, Heather did think that she was Black. And I think that that's yeah, that's what What she was was kind of referring to without calling her out because Heather definitely did say, me. I thought she was black and I was like, of course. Oh, Heather, of course. Oh, Heather. Heather like, somebody mm. described Heather as a homeschool kid going to public school for the first time. <laughs> and I've never heard a more true statement. Like she's so lovable, but you're just like, oh, Heather. Like, oh my God. Oh, Heather. Yes. <laughs> but like, you know, Jen, I just think that intent does not, you know, override impact. It doesn't negate effect. Just because you didn't intend it that way doesn't mean people didn't feel something or get affected by what you said. Like, yes, with this situation on the live, but also just because, yes, you intended as a joke. And I really appreciate Lisa consistently trying to show and explain to this woman, all right, I'm giving you every single thing you asked for. And Jen still doesn't understand what is being presented to her. It's crazy. She still is like, I want to explain. I want to explain. I don't want to apologize. And Lisa's like, well, I'm sitting down with you. And I'm trying to listen. In Vegas, she's like, I'm following after you. And I'm here. I'm loyal. And she still is like, but no one's loyal to me. Why is no one listening to me? And Lisa's like, I'm rare. Clear Lisa's as day. Like, I'm loyal. I love that. I love that. Can I touch? Can I touch? Can I listen? I am still so obsessed with Lisa Barlow. I think what what a journey we were on with her that she started out pretty damn unlikable. And by the end, I was like, you know what? I also love that. (laughs) 
<laughs> like she can really do ASMR after we probably listen to it. I'm not going to lie. Um, but she's there, she's listening. And I take one for the team, Lisa. I really respect you for doing that, even if it was producer led. And then, you know, to see that side of her and her be so willing to listen and not interrupt her and give her like the space to explain herself and be like, I don't understand this play, but I want to listen to you. And I understand that you feel these things, but people still feel hurt. And that's just all we want you to acknowledge is that people still are upset about this. And then flip it. And now she's leading a business meeting with her sons, right? And she's like, say what you want about me. I may not know how to use hot dogs, but... I know how to inspire my kids and my kid wants a McLaren. Honey, he has a car magazine and he was like that one. And he just picked the best one he saw and put it on the board or whatever because you asked him to set goals. It's not like a, it's a goal, but it's not like a goal. Like it's not goal setting. It's a, eventually this is like a vision board. Like that, a McLaren goes on a vision board and then goal setting is all the little things we need to do to get there, which at nine, I honestly would not really expect him to do for that. I teach goal setting to students. Like you do it in the classroom. You're like, what are your goals? And they say things like improve my reading, write big sentences, get better at comprehension and they usually ask me how do I spell comprehension and that is a goal that we Mm -hmm. now have set is spelling and these things they don't typically go I one day want to be a billionaire at nine I mean it's great that's usually show and tell time but not like actual put into practice goal setting because what you will get instead is a nine-year-old stacking the product like Legos because he's nine and he wants to have fun with the toys so Henry is me as a child. Henry, <laughs> most children as children. Every single scene I see him, I'm like, ah, there I am. There's nine-year-old me because he is so funny. I love just watching him in the background like a little Tasmanian devil just going. I loved him. Was it about to be his birthday? Did you see on the whiteboard he was writing birthday party? I'm like, is he over there planning his birthday party? He is me. He is me. I am a birthday monster. You know, it's, it's, it's about to be March, which means it's about to be Dr. Bald's birthday, which means after that, it's about to be June, which means it's about to be my birthday. That's how my brain works. <laughs> yeah, we just have a couple more birthdays to go until my life. <laughs> just going to like speed by those, you know, it's kind of like how Lisa Barlow works. We have just a couple birthdays and then Sundance. <laughs> and that, that makes me laugh, which by the way, apparently Sundance really is like the freaking biggest deal in the world to the Utah people great for them so lisa's like actually she's doing things and she's doing stuff and that is really great for her i just found it funny that she literally let children lead the business meeting and i was like i love it i mean yes instill business in them sure build a business for them but don't be confused that you will be doing majority of the heavy lifting and the financial investment and they will still be children and if you want to help them reap the benefits that's cool. Beyonce has had blue working since she was out the womb. She was like, you know what you're going to do? Work. Like <laughs> with one of the youngest Grammy uh, uh, nom- nominees ever. She's on track. She's rapping on Jay-Z's album, like back in the early day. Like she is a working child with a working toddler. She's never seen a day off. She was literally like the new, uh, one of those twins, Mary-Kate and Ashley. Like she's never not mm-hmm. worked, right? So I get it. But just don't be surprised when majority of this will have to go into a trust. They will ask for their own money from the fa- from the uh, the line for Taco Bell. Like these things will occur because he is still a child. 
I just love that her, like, she is so business oriented that her, her idea for when her husband was like, we need to spend more time together as a family. She's like, oh, I know how to do that. Let's create a family business. Like mm-hmm. that's her spending quality time. All of us. Because, but you know what? I respect the fact that she's like, honestly, what makes, what's the most important to me are my businesses. And I'm not apologizing for that. It's not the most popular thing to say, especially as a mom or a wife, but she's like, they got to eat, don't they? Even if I'm not cooking it, they got to eat. So someone has to pay for it. And guess who it'll be? The family business. And I appreciate that she's like, I know business and I love my family. I'll do both. And hey, go for it. I find her very, very interesting because everything I went into the season with my preconceived notions about her, she's so much more like she is that Instagram feed, the curated swipe up that I thought she would be, but she's also kooky and a little strange and very, very smart Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. very, very driven. And she holds herself to a high standard. And I just, everything about her on my screen, I want more of, because I'm like, there is so much to you that we have not gotten to yet. Oh yeah. And this is another reason why I say a second season is absolutely a must with the whole cast, because also that second season glaze comes in and the glasses come off like I've said it before I think we're going I'm kind of ready for it but like when we go to New York I think people are not going to be as in love with Leah as they once were I never was but I think that that second season Mm -hmm. you you get a Bronwyn effect it's like that first season it's like oh you are what we need you are refreshing and then they ride that into the next season and they overkill and then they really because they can't keep up the facade whatever it is Mm -hmm. they were trying to do everyone does it because they're like oh who's watching my kids my family blah 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 I think we will get entire Salt Lake City cast being like well we can't keep up the act anymore because now the cameras won't leave the house and we have to just be who we are and that is where we'll truly decide and determine who who is the best a hundred percent agree with all of that and I'm so interested for season two because they're already planting the seeds of Lisa and Meredith being annoyed with each other and I'm like what is that gonna look like what when when the Bobsy twins are pissed at each other you know what I mean Oh, I mean, I did see the seating, the seating chart for the reunion. It was actually quite confused. I, I really was like, I wonder how we, I mean, I don't know what I would have seen, what I would have made it be, but having Lisa and Mary and Jen on a couch did not make sense to me. And then Heather and Whitney and Meredith on their own couch didn't make sense to me. Also, I mean, I guess Heather being next to Andy and Jen being next to Andy, that makes sense. Lisa and Whitney are supporting characters enough that they could be in the middle. But then I would have had probably like, I don't know. I would have had Whitney, Jen, and Heather on one couch simply because their line of reconciliation is a lot shorter. Mm-hmm. Like Heather, especially with Jen, that's a much easier jump because they had been friends the entire time of filming. Right. And Whitney and Jen could have probably like made some kind of amends at some point because their fight wasn't terrible. But I am wondering how you, oh no, Bravo, would interpret someone telling you that they'll drown you in a lake because Jen definitely said it. we misinterpret it. So how do you interpret that? I think that's a very specific Okay. That's a very specific idea. I think, again, this is where Jen was going into it, thinking she was giving us the housewife stuff we wanted. Like, I think she thought that was going to be a gifable, like, ha ha, we're going to put it on a t-shirt, but nobody wants to wear a t-shirt that says, I will bury your body. (laughs) You know, like, 
Yeah, no, I just, and then I probably would have put Meredith, Lisa, and Mary on a couch because that made sense to me. They right. stuck up for Mary a couple of times. Like, they made, we don't even know how Meredith feels about Mary because she keeps disengaging. So truly, that would have made sense to me. But <laughs> we will see. I'm very excited about that one. Um, I love that Mary's also hurt because they have no scenes of her because the production company got in there late and said, no, we, we must have you now. There, she's just like rehabbing the image of her church. Do you think her grandmother would be proud of her? I actually think she would for keeping running the scams and doing the alleged crimes. I mean, the image of her grandmother next to Jesus himself was, <laughs> I mean, I need much, much more of that, please. I think she would be proud. I think she'd be cheering her on as she's, you know, as her granddaughter is effing her late hu- or her husband. Like there is some wacky job, stuff baby. happening. Keep it and in fam. Did you notice that shady ass ending card for her? That's like, she's redoing her closet and making sure all of her skeletons stay inside. I'm like, okay, Bravo producers, oh. what do you know? And <laughs> is she getting a season oh, two? Oh my God, that was wild. I, what do you think about Mary's season two? I mean, I know we said that the entire, everyone should be on, um, come back. But Mary, I will say, though we just had a big situation debacle with Jen, Mary is different. Like this is, this is a lot. They've, they've uncovered a lot. And some, I can't even keep up with y'all say I get it wrong. So I won't even try, but a lot. So I was watching Watch What Happens Live last night because Jeff Lewis was on and I love Jeff Lewis. I love him very much. I'm um, rewatching that too. Also, Lisa was supposed to come, but she got nail glue in her eye and so she couldn't. So it was just Jeff. That's not a thing. <laughs> yeah, and he, like, and he was like, by the way, Lisa was supposed to be here, but she got glue in her eye. I'm like, of course she did. That's like the most Lisa Barlow thing ever. Like her at home, like, oh no, Henry, come here. I got nail glue in my eye. Oh no. Um, but Jeff was giving his impressions of all the Salt Lake City women. And he was saying like, I don't understand why Mary is a full-time cast member. Get rid of her for season two, recast her. And Andy was like, I'll be surprised or I'll be interested to hear what you have to say after the finale or after the, the reunion, because we really go there with her and we ask a lot of questions. And so, I, and he would, Andy was kind of defending Mary. So what I predict is that in the reunion, they address a lot of the questions like, where is the money going? Why do you have a Dillard shrine and you're yelling at your congregation to give you more money, et cetera. And I'm thinking Bravo would give her a second season and the ball is going to be in her court as to whether or not she accepts. I hope she does. Like, I think we need at least one full season of chaos because they really teased us with that, that they gave us so much at the front of the season. And then literally she did not leave her closet for six straight episodes. So I need more from her. And if we're going to get her, I need all of Mary, not just Mary and Charlinda in the closet scenes. Right. I just want more because even in the closet, she gave me a lot. And I would like to see her out of the closet because there's a moment at the party where Jen just walks by and the full rotation of Mary's eyes <laughs> in a full circle, we went full clockwise and, you know, around the orbit, like just into the brain, checking out things, making sure they're good up there and came back down. And I'm like, let's nurse this. This is because who's your fighter? Like, who do we go with? <laughs> Miss, you misinterpreted what I, exactly I said, or 
everything that Mary is. <laughs> like, uh, uh, grandpa, uh, husband, grand husband, fucker, or whatever. A grandpa, effer. Mm, like, it's my favorite thing. <laughs> grandpa, effer. Mm, because mm, I'm like, you know, the letters M and F are not the bad words, right? You don't have to mumble those. We can actually say M and F. Uh, yeah, I. I don't even know because the thing about Jen is like, yes, she's quote unquote unpredictable, but she's not really. We know what we're going to get with Jen as soon as she gets mad. With Mary, I just feel like there is so much chaos within that I'm like, I truly don't know what to expect at any moment from Mary. Mm -hmm. Like even down to the fact that for six straight episodes, she had one acrylic nail, just one, just the thumb. The rest of the nails were off, but the thumb remained. And I'm like, are we shooting all these scenes in one day? Is that why? Or is this a fashion choice? Or are you just a nail picker? Which could also be very consistent with her level of anxiety. I don't know. Also, she can't just go get um, a fill. They don't allow fills in Utah. I don't understand. Is it? Well, I I would say that she could just go get some simple press on nails, but that would probably require. She also could do that. But that might require a CVS, which is pretty 7-Eleven adjacent. And we know how she feels about that. Yes. Maybe the targets are out of reach. (laughs) Amazon. Charlinda would have to do that. And she's off on the weekends. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Lastly, the party. So obviously things that happened are what we would expect. Mm-hmm. Jen does come after much debate that Heather made us feel like she had and whether she should uninvite her or not. It never happened. Jen comes. It was like fully. She really was. I, I wish she kind of would have. I'm not going to lie. I wish she really did have the backbone because I kind of would get it. It would make a lot of sense to me that why Jen would be uninvited. She and just you know said you're not show up. She right. would still show up. It's a camera yeah. moment because they get filmed and she also looks great in that fire. I ain't going to lie. I won't hold oh, you. Yeah. Like, Jen made me want to live somewhere cold just so I can wear a fur everywhere. And I love the updo with the fur. It was really good. Now that was fashion to me. That was a fashion moment. And I got to see her face. It was great. There's no denying. Jen has amazing style. I love seeing, I actually love seeing what all of the women are going to wear. Good, bad, Mm -hmm. and ugly. But Jen's are pretty consistently good for me. Yes. I think that the women did look good. I Meredith is the only one that sticks out of my mind, but maybe that was the point because it was so bad that it was good. Hey, mm-hmm. Ryan, how you doing? Um, <laughs> now I get why <laughs> he named it that so appropriately. What did you think of, you know, the the eventual confrontation where I use that in, in the very sense of the root word where it was like, we're finally confronting you mm-hmm. and- of course, it went exactly how I thought a conversation with Jen would go. What were, what did you think? I thought it was very funny that this finale party was essentially Jen's apology tour, where she basically had to go to each person individually and make her amends and apology, where she actually, especially with Whitney, seems like she doesn't actually, she's not sorry. She's not sorry at all. She even says in her confessional that she's just saying what she needs to say to move on and to eat the cookies and to eat the cookies. When it came, when it came to Heather, I thought it was a really authentic, real moment. You can tell that they have a friendship there and it's not just for the camera because Heather was hurt. And 
I did not like the fact that Jen almost went into it being like, we both have things we need to apologize to each other for. And it's once again, Jen's delusion where it's like, you guys are not on the same level. You have not hurt each other in equal ways. And this loyalty that she preaches really seems to be very one-sided in which she has very specific expectations of her friends. And if they don't jump through the hoops exactly the way she wants them to, and also forgive and excuse all of her terrible toxic behavior, she's going to like cut them off. And Mm -hmm. I thought it was so telling and so actually kind of heartbreaking to hear Heather being like I'm the fool I'm the one that everybody makes fun of because I'm just following you around and I need to hear you say that you're sorry and even then it took her almost like giving Jen the lines line by line like she was kind of like whispering from off stage Jen's lines of like I'm sorry that I hurt your feelings now say it back and it's like I just I hope that Heather continues to grow and realize her value and her worth because she is so much more worthy of a friendship than what Jen is giving her right now. Yes, I agree. I think that Jen and the apologies, I don't know if they're ever really going to be to the standard that we want them to be because she keeps saying I am how I am. And usually that means I'm not changing shit, honey. And okay, but people are going to consistently be tired of that. So good luck filming with people because Andy has also consistently said we can only cast people that someone's willing to film with them because otherwise we do have a lot of isolation with Mary Cosby in a closet. And it looks weird. It's hard to edit. It doesn't make a lot of sense. There's no integration and they're paying you top dollar and you can't even be anywhere. Like that makes no sense. So if no one's going to film with you, what happens next? It's kind of why Nene went on her apology tour and then still subsequently got fired. But that's an apology tour I'm willing to see. But also Nene's done a lot more damage. Jen's only been here one season and has somehow alienated the entire cast. I would like to see her change some things. I felt for Heather greatly. I still do. I think that she's still a really good friend because she's, she's still not questioning Jen and how she treats anyone else. She's just asking for you to treat me with a little bit more respect because mm-hmm. I'm still here. I am the one in my kinkles calling your husband from the parking lot in the cold. Like, hey, come get your wife. She's freaking out. She's mad. Like, I am the one who is trying to tell you, hey, people are talking about you. You know, Whitney's trying to stir the pot, but I'm trying to just get it out there. Like, she's doing her best because she sees Jen getting more and more riled up as Whitney drunkenly can't get the words out which why do you think they never like let it be known that she was obviously very clearly drunk I found that very odd because they never acknowledged that she just looked like she just couldn't get it out because she was shit-faced wasted yeah I and I think that was another example of Heather kind of like taking falling on the sword for her that Heather Mm -hmm. very easily could have been like you were drunk as hell I was trying to help you. I hated the fact Whitney did that whole situation wrong. And then when she kept blaming Heather for how that yes. went down, I was like, Heather saved your ass. You were floundering. You started it. You should have right. never said anything if you couldn't even see more than one, only one gin. <laughs> She's like, which gin am I talking to? This right one. Now? No, the left one. No, the right one. And it's like, Heather's like, no, the one in the center. And here's what's happening. And mm-hmm. she's like, just get it out because she knew her friend and Jen was getting increasingly angrier as she didn't know what you're saying. She's like, so someone, what is it? You're a straight shooter. We got it. What are you saying to me? Who's talking shit? And 
Yeah. Heather's like, okay, let's just get it out. I'm like, where is a little bit of the respect and the gratitude towards your friend who's kind of been there for you the whole time? I think it's going to be so fascinating to see season two when the dynamics change. Cause I always think it's so, so fun to watch when they have one season under their belt. And the unspoken thing is who is currently the fan favorite, who is getting the good at it. And I think everybody kind of slept on the fact that Heather was going to be the fan favorite. I think Jen was really predicting herself to be queen bee MVP with Lisa and Meredith, not realizing Mm -hmm. that her actual friend Heather was going to be the unsung hero, not unsung very sung everybody loves her everybody is like singing her praises so it'll be funny to see in season two if Jen's gonna kind of like circle back to Heather now that she knows that's where the bread is buttered you know what I mean yes yes I agree I think that I mean Heather even said and this made me sad because what's so funny is they always think that housewives we want the grandiose when a lot of times we if especially if we're not expecting grandiose usually the one who's the most relatable because they're like wow this is a lot of grandiose shit but I'm in the world of like I can't touch that I can't afford that don't ask me that's where we all are as viewers (laughs) so we like sure a Meredith a chalet an LVP Villa Rosa but and odds are a lot of people moms regular ass adults who still can't maintain it are like we can't keep up a house that's all glass with children and if we had swans (laughs) our kids would absolutely feed the swans the cheerios that they eat and the swans would choke because i could see a plenty especially even like my baby kindergartners being like he was hungry i gave him my snack and then the the swan is like oh my god thank you thank you have a medical emergency yeah i think i think the thing with heather is she's a great balance of she is an unbelievably successful businesswoman. She has Mm -hmm. a thriving business. She has that bit of uh, like, we cannot attain the million, multi-million dollar business. But when it comes to her personal life, she is very relatable. When it comes to her friendships, we see ourselves in her. Maybe we've been the Heather in a relationship before. Maybe we've been the underappreciated person in a relationship before. And I I can't wait to continue to watch her journey because we're really catching her at the beginning of it. Mm I agree. And I think that Heather is, she's going to be, she's going to be the one to come out on top. I think it's, again, like I said, it's right that she's sitting next to Andy and I don't want to understand this reunion thing, but I definitely, I'm excited about it. Mary's eyes are bugging like left and right. Like and then she's, they're closed. And, and then, then they're, they're closed. closed and she fell asleep. And I think <laughs> if you are not following Mary simply for the hashtags and the things that she does on social media, that make absolutely no sense because she it, insists on running it herself and not getting a young parishioner of her church to do it. I, I don't know what you're doing, but I, I that's what I'm excited about. And then I would love for them to address the comment that Heather said that, you know, if her daughters had a friend like Jen, she would tell them to drop them like a hot tamale. And I'm like, ooh, you right. But also your daughter are not housewives. So we want to see you engage. And I want Meredith to engage. I'm tired of this disengaging. And at the reunion, you have to. So I'm very excited. You do have to. And I think Meredith is another one jumping ahead to season two. I think we got to see some of that like cold fury. She has that very like, under the surface, she's boiling, but she's mm-hmm. very calm and demure. And I think yeah. that that is actually like the scariest type of anger is that like calm, yeah. quiet, simmering anger. And I'm like, what do you got going on in there, Meredith? Yes. When is that going to come out? Mm-hmm. Especially because Andy's going to be like, so is it a big deal that Jen 
told people about your business when your husband was like, yeah, tell everybody, we don't care. Like we're in a good place now, but I get what she's saying. Like, it's just no one's business to be spreading butt hours. Like if we say it, sure, but you say it, I don't know you, like, can you not? So I think that it'll be a really good reunion. I think obviously Jen will be the obvious target, not necessarily undeserving, but I'd love to see Andy kind of bring her back to reality and she just has to listen. And he's like, Mm -hmm. you do know you could also just apologize and maybe also explain yourself, but you could also just apologize. It's so easy. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, speak that that's, it was a really great season, but speaking of non-apology apologies and people who don't have friends anymore who were once friends, I am going to regale Ono Bravo very quickly about Dallas. I have four notes on it. So as I told you, to watch and it was getting so good the most pivotal episode so far the season I wrote down four things so (laughs) I don't know if I maybe I remember it differently maybe I'm misremembering myself maybe I am now Jen and I don't know what I'm saying so um basically what's happening so far y'all who are watching there Deandra has planned a birthday party for Brandy not Stephanie her best friend but Deandra, because once upon a time, Brandy bought Deandra a very expensive necklace when Brand- Deandra had no money. Hmm. Cool. Which she, it's no money available to her. Her mama got the money. So she just can't spend it on whatever she wants. And Carrie, Deandra's longtime really good friend, and her and Deandra are fighting about what it means to be a good friend. Because Carrie's like, you're not a good friend to me, so I'm going to basically shit on your party planning skills the entire time but tequila's not chilled you're bad at this you didn't make the charcuterie board you ordered it it's not good you're a bad host and it's like really some next level shit they're at a winery for brandy's birthday and carrie is like why are y'all giving deandra so much credit for booking the tour getting us a private space ordering the charcuterie board and making it nice she didn't do any of it she ordered it all. It's like, yeah, but that's half the battle, girl. So especially during COVID, like we, she, she did it most of the job. So there, the, where it starts between them two the most is that Tiffany, Dr. Moon is being called two-faced by Carrie and um, uh, Cameron because she's like, you know, don't, in a sense, like this whole bossy thing is where it comes from. Because Kim was like, you were bossing me a dim sum. You made me, you were bullying me into eating the food. <sighs> Y'all really got to get a different buzzword. And Dallas loves the fucking word bully. They really do. And I really need them to get off of it. You all are raising children. If they actually are bullied, I promise you the, the effect and the trauma is very different than you being told to eat some chicken feet at a, a, an elective dinner. It is not the same thing. anywho (laughs) um brandy is sticking up for tiffany in a sense because she's like you know just because brandy doesn't tiffany's like i don't really want to have a bunch to drink and stuff because i have to go to the hospital tomorrow and though i'm an anesthesiologist i am literally also in the middle of a pandemic at a hospital so i'm working with people constantly i can't be hung over and carrie doesn't get up but you asked me to tell you to have more fun and show you how to have more fun and also she's like, like low-key if i was getting surgery i wouldn't want my anesthesiologist to be hung over just right. saying <laughs> they're literally calling her out on being two-faced because though she wanted everyone to experience her culture at a dim sum, she was like, please don't push me to drink too much. I'm going to have to decline. I'm a responsible doctor. And they're like, then you are a bad friend. And she's like, um, 
calm down. And Brandy's like, oh, she has to deal with the hospital and stuff. And Deandra's like, she's a fucking doctor, which I kind of love that Deandra stands uh, Tiffany more than herself because her mom likes Tiffany more than her daughter. It, per Deandra's words, you know? And so Carrie basically though re- then reveals that the reason why she's been struggling with Deandra and she doesn't think Deandra's a good friend is because every time Deandra calls you, she's one of those friends who always has something going on. And it's the like, Shannon oh, Bedore effect. yes. Okay. Yes, the okay. Shannon Bador. Oh, excellent, excellent draw. It's like, yeah, I think I need to go to the hospital for this. And I actually think I got COVID for that. And yeah, my mom won't give me the money. And oh, yeah, how are you? Oh my God, that happened to me too. Like she's kind of one of those friends. Mm-hmm. And Carrie's like, she, we've been on many trunk shows and stuff together for both of our businesses. Deandra has a fallback plan. My business is literally all that I have because if anything ever happened to Eduardo, this would be it. And the entire time we've done all these trunk shows together, she's never asking about my family life. And she reveals that her daughter has been dealing with a great deal of depression, being home, not being able to be school in school during COVID. Mm-hmm. And has even had some, uh, for, per, per, from Carrie's perspective, suicidal ideation. We have not spoken to Olivia, so we don't know that yet. Um, and she speaks to her oldest daughter and doesn't, and doesn't tell her oldest daughter that she said this to a room full of drunk women. But Deandra's like, okay, well, you didn't tell me that. And I kind of get why she's like, I don't, I wouldn't know that. So how am I supposed to treat you differently if I don't know that? But Carrie's like, you know, you didn't ask. And they do drunk shopping and Brandy on her own birthday is telling Deandra, like, you actually need to probably speak to her and talk to her about that. Because even if you're like, well, she should have told me, blah, blah, blah. Now we know. Now she's told us, now we move forward. And now you need to be a good friend. Yeah. Like now's your time because you said you're a good friend. Time to shine. Go, man. Let's see what you got. And um, that's the heaviest part of it. The fun part of it is that DeAndre like goes, I got a private bar for us because it's COVID, so we can't go drinking. But it's I got a it's a private bar. It's a dive bar with a very long duck dynasty adjacent bartender who they teach subsequently how to twerk. And Brandy's <laughs> leading the twerk class. It's on my Instagram right now. It's like it, when you switch the PTA, their weekly wine out with brown liquor. And that's Brown exactly what it looks it. like. It looks like a bunch of white housewives <laughs> in there in the middle of their like weekly book club or something, just going like, so wait, how do you do it? You put your leg and Brandy is full on leading the class. Put your hand on this knee, other hand on this knee, and then you wind and <laughs> pop it, pop it. That she says pop it no less than 80 times. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to you. And then the guy comes from around the bar to the bar and he's like, and I shout out this man, this Texan, big, brawly, bald man is like, I, I know what to do. And he twerks it, honey, twerking it and working it. And Cam was like, oh, he's been practicing at home. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, he might be actually. And so they end up going to dinner, a private dinner that Deandra set up because and at this dinner, now, you know, Deandra gets her time to shine and be a good friend. And it doesn't work because instantly she's back at telling Carrie, well, like, I don't know why you wouldn't tell me. Like, we're supposed to be friends. How am I supposed to know if you don't oh, tell God. me? And I'm like, you know, that's actually not how it works. You can just ask also. Um, and then we get a lot of work-life home balance where Carrie's talking to her kids about how her last divorce, she said she did it very selfishly. She never checked in with them. So they have a lot of PTSD and a lot of trauma that they have 
from the divorce, her daughter instantly checks out and goes, I don't want to talk about the divorce. Like she, it's, it's obviously something that's very mm-hmm. raw with them. And then you have Tiffany yeah. who was hanging out with her little girls. And she's like, I really love hanging out with them. And she goes to her husband, who is apparently the owner of Sam Moon, which is like this giant accessory conglomerate in Texas. Cause I used to go there like all the time as a middle school kid. And she's like, I really want to be there for them and I don't want to be like the mom that I had who worked all the time and didn't have a choice and he's like so you know you don't have to like you're very you're the perfect Asian daughter like you are the per- his words he's like you're perfect to your family you have nothing else to prove why do you not want to stay home and she's like it's she says it's like climbing the mountain you want to climb it your whole life you climb it and then you say wait why did I do this and that is pretty much mm-hmm. where she's like now she's at the top of the mountain doesn't know why she did it and that's one of the reasons why I did want to ask you as a working mom it felt like and she felt like she was being attacked at the at the winery for stay-at-home mom versus working mom thing because they were like well we have businesses and we stay home with our kids and why don't you and she's like I, and she's like because she doesn't know right now she truly can't answer that question yeah. so she just feels like the need to defend it and so as a working mom you know, obviously she talks about there being pretty obvious mom guilt, but do you, yeah. where does that, where do you get that resolve? Especially if you were ever at a point where you're like, I don't need it. Is there also guilt in feeling like, but I like what I'm doing? Like, it's not even just that I have to, it's like, I kind of like it. Yeah. It's really complicated. Mom guilt is real and it is brutal. And I, I hate this, this competition that sometimes we as moms get into with each other. Amy Poehler had a great quote in her, in her book that she wrote, which is like, basically she wants all moms to be like, good for her, not for me. Like, oh, you had a natural childbirth. Good for you. That wasn't for me. I had, you know, a C-section. Oh, you bottle fed. Good for you. That wasn't for me. I breastfed, you know, just, it, it doesn't have to be a competition and we can celebrate all forms of motherhood. And for me, um, I was lucky that with my first daughter, I thought I was going to be a stay at home mom. I was in a position where I was, I stayed home with her for the first couple months and it was not for me. I was like, losing my mind any stay-at-home moms out there that are listening like holy shit you are like that is just not in my wheelhouse I really needed to get back to work and that was important for me to be a good mom of having that other outside thing that I was doing so I could come home and be refreshed and feel like I had something that I was doing to use my brain and some people really thrive as stay-at-home moms. I'm so impressed with my friends that do it because it just, again, like Amy Poehler says, wasn't for me. And I think you get that resolved by just following your gut and realizing whatever you need to do to be the best mother to your children, if that means staying at home and being there for them and cooking the meals and teaching them and you know doing all the day-to-day stuff, or if that means going to work, being with adults, you know, using your brain in a different way, and then coming home and being present and there and on for them. It's just so personal and it might change throughout your life. It might be through different stages and phases you feel differently. And I, I love, okay. So maybe I will watch Dallas. Cause I think that's such mm-hmm. a, I think that's such a thing that so many women go through. And I, I feel like Dr. Moon is like a really good housewife. Talk about a yeah. good first season housewife. Huh. And beautiful home, really supportive husband. He was like, whatever you want to do, we will figure it out. But talk to me also about your thought yeah. process. And I think what triggered her is that she walked in and her kids were, they're like maybe 
four and they're on like a first grade workbook with their like tutor at home. And she was like, wait, you're, wait, you're like first grade, wait, you're like two steps ahead. And it was kind of like a revelation to her. Like, oh my yeah. God, wait, wait, do you know how to read? And it was kind of like, she knew they knew they, they were right. working towards this. She hired the tutor, but she just didn't know how much they were progressing. And she's like, you know, and she asked her kids, like, do you like it when my mom goes to work? They go, no, stay home. And she's like, even if they don't understand relatively what she's doing, right. they know they want her. And she's like, her mom never did play with her. She would like to kind of break that cycle. And because of COVID, she's had a taste of that. And she's like, oh, yeah. wait, I kind of like the way this tastes. And I would like to see her journey. And I really would like for you to watch it and then come back and tell us your thoughts, especially with her you know, during, I think she's an excellent representation of what that conversation looks like. And that mm -hmm. debate in your head even looks like, I just, just, I can't really comment on it. Cause I'm just like, you're doing great, sweetie. Like you're just doing amazing. Yeah. And sometimes it's like, you're your own worst critic. And so you're seeing mm. what other people or what other moms are doing. And you're like, shit, should I be doing that? Do I even want that? But now I don't want that, but maybe I do want that. And so, okay. Mm. All right, Monty, for you, I will jump on the Dallas train and maybe Yay. I can come back in a couple of weeks and we can talk about it. Awesome. Can you please tell people where they can find the update on if you start this journey, what other journeys you're on, see your amazing TikToks, like, you know, things about like bananas <laughs> and shredded cheese, bananas, um, shredded cheese, remixes and everything. Y'all just check it out. Where are they finding you? So you can find me at Ono Bravo on Instagram. I'm not actually on TikTok. I just made a pretend TikTok video that, you know, was just ridiculous and a nice palate cleanser from some of the heaviness of 2021. I also have started my Patreon. That's where I'm spending most of my time and energy right now. Um, so patreon.com slash Ono Bravo. I do weekly recaps of current shows and also bonus episodes. And then I have my weekly Instagram lives Fridays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern with a lot of Bravo personalities, even a Bravo celebrity or two. Um, I've got some exciting yes. things in the works. So check me out over there. Yes. Thank you so much for coming on. And yeah, y'all check her out at Ono oh Bravo. And yeah, coming up next, we'll talk about Atlanta with an actual travel expert, though we are not traveling ourselves nor our housewives. Stay tuned. <laughs> We are reaching the end of the show and I'm having so much fun with my guests this week. And if you are too, guess what? I'm butting in to let you know you can join the Patreon for Mixing with Moni if you need a little bit of additional content to brighten up your day or if you want to hear more guests, more hot takes. We are doing a recap monthly of Orange County season four, the inaugural season of Gretchen back when she had a very rich older fiance and back when Tamara may or may not have been a good housewife. And the reason I miss her now, question mark, mm, we don't know. Also, weekly recaps of The Bachelorette if you're on that journey with me and Tasha, and weekly Bravo Hot Topics if you've been wondering where the hot topics are. That is where they are over at the Patreon. We have multiple levels as low as $5 up to VIP mixologist and more. Um, a lot of fun content, a lot of great guests, guests you love here on the regular pod and Bravo fan accounts, other memers, other podcasters, that and so much more over at patreon.com slash mixing with money. Come mix with us. Back to the show. All right, y'all, as promised, I'm back again, and I have a travel expert, darlings. We have expertise. We have really ascended ourselves to no longer just be, being beginners. We don't just have just randomly Bravo-obsessed people. We now have 
experts, professionals who also happen to be Bravo obsessed. <laughs> and I have found that in my guests right now, as we talk about Atlanta, in travel experts, Inaya Richards, who most recently wrote about travel in Business Insider, seven destinations to visit in the U.S. to learn about Black history. Like she's a travel guru. And because we're now at the point in Atlanta season where we are doing the travel and she's done things during COVID that like she's talked about how to travel safely and things like that. I just thought it'd be best to go down this rabbit hole with her and figure out what this episode is from an expert of travel. Thank you so much for coming on. Hi, thank you for having me. I am so excited to be here. I'm a big fan of mixing with Moni and Yay. I'm a mixer. I'm like, I'm drinking. I, I have work to do after this, but I was like, I can't okay. go on with Moni and not have like a cocktail. Say, <laughs> we, we, we mix business with pleasure often. Exactly. Because sometimes the pleasure makes the business more pleasurable. Exactly. That's exactly. what we're doing. You know, we're bringing good influences over here in the mixer. Why not? Um, so very excited to talk to you about Atlanta, but also just giving people a little bit more about what you do and um, what what COVID's been like for you, especially as a travel expert, you know, and they're telling people to stay in the house and you're like, girl, mm-hmm. I can't. I need to pay the bills. That's been pretty tough for me. And I... I take COVID very seriously. I actually lost two of my mom's brothers. Um, oh, so i so it, thank you. It was last, it was last year early on during this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm pretty, I'm, I'm very serious about it. Like I'm more afraid for my mom than she is. Um, mm-hmm. I, but I also live part-time in Italy. My partner's Italian. So that's, also been hard for me because Uh I live between two places and travel. So I'm actually back in New York now. I'm doing my quarantine and taking my COVID test on Sunday. And yeah, I just got back and it's, it's been interesting. It's been hard as I'm a travel writer and digital creative. And so I work with a bunch of, I work with travel brands, tourism, hospitality groups. And it's, it's interesting because in a lot of places, travel and tourism is what pays the bills for so many people right. bread and butter and so many black and brown countries too yeah and so that's what's really hard to me with telling people and because I'm I'm for totally for telling people not to travel like we can't and especially as Americans, we tend to act up and not do things right and safely. There it is. <laughs> We're looking so. at you, girl who went to the Bahamas or something for her jet ski boyfriend's tournament and was only asked to do one thing and it was mm-hmm. stay in the room paid for for just some days. And she was like, exactly. I shan't do that. And it's like, girl, you have one job. Ex- exactly. And there's so many cases of Americans breaking the rules and things like that. So that's why it's hard because you want to put out, like I'll say travel safely. And I know, I hope, like I love my followers on social media. So I, I feel like they're great people and they will take it seriously. But I know the majority of people that are traveling right now are pretty reckless. Like um, going to Atlanta, speaking of Atlanta, like it's it's par- it's like party city there is one of those cities and that's so- where I am <laughs> that's why at 1 p.m as we were recording this I'm still in my robe because I just be in the house with the blinds closed looking exactly. out the window like how y'all doing out there that's that's fun mm-hmm. what's it like that's so great especially because I've talked about you know my fiance's in 
chiropractic school and she adjusted her entire schedule to being online and they made it absolutely very difficult, you know, for that to be, a, to that, for that to be done. Um, it was an option, but because they're like fully open, the state is, so they were like, um, actually we're going to make it kind of difficult on you. So either you, you have to make a choice right here, right now, if you want the good classes, you need to come. And if you don't, then, you know, you could be online, I guess, but they make it feel like you're subpar and students and she's almost done. So she's like really trying to get in there and she's in the clinical portion of a lot of her yeah. education now. So she only goes to the, the campus for the clinic, for her patients to get that practice, which is hands-on. And so everything else for her is, you know, online because she's worried about me who has multiple autoimmune diseases. I have three and her family is older. So if, we, if she didn't go if she went to school, we honestly really could not go home for a very long time. And that's exactly. just something that we can't do. I mean, we went home for Christmas because we drove and mm-hmm. we quarantined. We had to say no to stuff. We had to cancel things. I had to cancel jobs because we had to stay home for 14 days just to make sure we're not bringing anything to our older parents who all have different things. And we don't want to be responsible for that. And yes, like you said, we're more concerned about them than they are about themselves. Exactly. My mom was like, I want to go outside. And I'm like, if you leave that house, I will I no, over there. I'll call my mom. I was in Italy and my boyfriend and I laugh because we're like, she's always like out and about. I'm like, I'm like, where are you? I'm on the bus to Trader Joe's. Why, mom? Like, why? Why do you have to like go on a Trader Joe's run? I told you I will order your groceries, but yes. she she won't. She's like, she loves to go on her walks. And I'm my like, okay, that's fine. Too. That's yes. fine. And my mom does love a Trader Joe's, so I get the struggle. <laughs> <laughs> and you know I will say I really appreciate because reading especially your articles and I've read many of them honey very Thank many you. I read almost everyone I see you post especially your stories and like the little like, kind of like vlogs of what it's like to travel to other countries what the process was you make it look also very easy to abide by the guidelines exactly. that the country set so that you can enjoy can uh, you know have a good stay but be safe and make sure other people are safe around you. You make it look very easy to do. And I really appreciate that because, you know, we're in a very interesting time where, you know, I am in Georgia myself and we have two contrasting storylines on Atlanta because on the one hand, they're traveling safely. They're only taking this bus or a private plane to <laughs> another state because they don't want to go out of the country. They don't want to put in people at risk. Marlo represents a lot of us. She's very fearful. You know, our focus mm-hmm. is like, I haven't been in transportation in a minute or around people. And they all know that they're constantly being tested and stuff and that they're all being safe and they have good healthcare and things like that. But other people don't have that same luxury. But then on the other hand, the other storyline is Cynthia trying to plan an entire wedding during a pandemic and hoping that she can have that, no, that makes me so angry. And what actually makes me more angry than what than the wedding is the fact that Kelly Dodd of all people did her wedding the way that you're if you if you're gonna do a wedding right now, like how you should be doing it. And so mm-hmm. I'm like, if Kelly Dodd has the sense, Cynthia, what are you doing? Like you're not representing us. Yes, especially because <laughs> Georgia, really because California was a lot more closed. So if she wanted to have it there, she had to abide. And Georgia was a lot more open, but no, but what you're saying is correct because Cynthia, just because you can, doesn't mean you should, should. it's not about whether or not they'll let you have 250 people. It's, do you even need that for your second wedding at all? And your second on TV wedding, 
<laughs> that's the thing you got a little coin see kenya was right you got a little coin and now you're like "Ooh, i want to spread my coin around and it's like no that's not but her okay. wedding with peter was not anything to ignore like, thank you like, it was instantly i have said this. i would be quite happy if i had a wedding like that i think her wedding with peter looked like it costs a pretty penny too so, so. i'm out here planning a wedding for a, a low amount because it, what it's just not that important to me to have such an extravagant affair if it is for you then great but for mm. your second on tv new husband and during a time where people are risky they're not going to work but they're coming exactly. to your wedding it was okay it was and then to blame it on them and say well how dare you all respond she goes well, we didn't expect this many people to say yes i'm like First of all, why not? They've been in the house for thousands of days. They're like, this isn't yes. a dinner party. <laughs> Overinvited, underexpected. It really made me laugh. But so they're traveling to South Carolina. We finally have made it. Kenya's giving away all the rooms and the girls are like reasonably happy with the exception of Marlo, of course. What did you think of the accommodations overall as a travel expert and where the girls were staying? This Airbnb, everything. I love the Airbnb that they were saying. I thought it was really beautiful. See, my fa- one of my favorite episodes of all the seasons is when they do the cash trip and they travel. Mm-hmm. And I remember that we had, was it Cynthia that had the Airbnb and it was a house of horrors? Yes, <laughs> like I think so. I think so. Ended up moving out. So I felt like she gave Airbnb <laughs> a bad rap. <laughs> like, yeah, and it so was like, take two. Cynthia, yep. Airbnb, like this is not how we like to vacation. So I really liked Kenya stepping it up for home rentals. And like, and it seemed like an accommodation that we could afford, like if me, you, we decide to pull in for us and our girlfriends, it seemed like we could all do it, mm-hmm. which I know not everyone wants that on a Bravo cast trip. Like we but like during a pandemic, girl, we're doing exactly. our best. We're, we're, and, we're on the move. So I thought it was appropriate. I thought it was perfect and appropriate. And it seemed like a house where they weren't on top of each other because that's the worst part when you're traveling. And I'm always like, what's the bathroom situation here? How many people will I have to be sharing a restroom with? Because mm-hmm. that's just a no-go for me. <laughs> so mm-hmm. so when they said with Milo's room, she had her own bathroom. I was like, oh, that's great. <laughs> that's- right. I mean, I'm fully Cynthia in this moment where like I have a bathtub and a shower you yes. won't see me i'll exactly. be out for dinner exactly. that's it oh and she had the deck too right yeah so when we have views like i'm that. taking a jet tub shower <laughs> bath i'm doing both i'm full-on bubble bathing it then i'm gonna rinse off in the shower then i'm just gonna enjoy the deck with my robe on naked and then exactly. i'm gonna get back in the bed I loved it. I That's loved vacation. it. I loved it. And they were in South Carolina. So I thought that was great. I kept, I like remember, I had to look, watch the episode again to remember where they were going. Cause I keep, I kept having Dustin in my head. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Remember that Bravo yeah. season where they went and then someone else went to like a few or was a that, few that times was, we've gone to Destin or we've gone to Destin overall. with like a few different yes. reality shows. It was mm-hmm. the place. It was destination. The it is not <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay. So I really, mm-hmm. I liked South Carolina. I know there's a South Carolina tour company that is my friend, Dr. Kiona is a part of it. It's like a tour group for 
Mm -hmm. people who want to travel during the pandemic because of mental health and it's a black owned tour group and black owned destinations in South Carolina, including historical sites, the beaches, learning about the Gullah Geechee people and all of that. Yes. That is something I really want people to investigate in more. First of all, I was raised on Gullah Gullah Island. That was my favorite show. Let's play together. Yes. And then I learned it and studied it in college in um, a couple of Black history classes where I was like, that's the same people? Oh, we need to investigate that. And then watched, of course, Daughters of the Dust, which is the Mm -hmm. movie on Netflix about Galangichi people. And the entire inspiration behind the visual album of Lemonade for Beyonce. Exactly. I don't know that. I thought she was just out in the field somewhere just doing country shit. That is not it. In fact, it was cultured and it was inspired by the Gullah people and Daughters of the Dust, the movie, which I highly recommend people watch and then watch Lemonade and see, or just, you can also read the articles because I'm a a big proponent of people reading things, read Mm -hmm. the articles about the comparisons and stuff. And it was, it's a, especially for Black History Month, educate about new subcultures of black subcultures in america it's really lovely especially the islands i love that please what is do you know the name of her um business or i can drop it in the um in the swipe yes i can do some swipe ups i'm grabbing what is the name of she is dr kiona and I'm grabbing the name because I want to say, I want to say the name, but I want to make sure it air for H-N-T-T-L-A-B-B, Recreate Responsibly, Hint hint Lab. So I'll okay. send you the link so you can drop it in, but it's, yes. it's amazing. I'm so, I was so proud of them because they did it, I want to say last summer when they first did it together and they quarantined a group of six friends quarantined for 14 days before flying out then they did socially distant activities and were a bunch of people were we were all following along and so then they decided to launch this business because a lot of people wanted to travel support black business and have socially responsible trips and socially distant because everything that they did was socially distant and like jeep riding on sand dunes Mm -hmm. and it was all supporting BIPOC businesses too so I was really happy okay yes I love that Kenya didn't plan it like that that. though no (laughs) but I mean she did her best but I think she just definitely limited herself a lot more you know did she do her best she's not a host this is not her calling she's a selfish woman and that's okay we know what we signed up for with Kenya but a murder mystery party I'm really sick of seeing them on Bravo, but here we are with yet another one. And what made me laugh though with this one is that she at least was aware when she told that planner, so what you can't do is have detectives running up in here with guns blazing at a group of black women. At a group of black women. One of the attendees just recently was arrested. Like, exactly. And what made me laugh is she was like, I don't think that's a good idea. She said in the confessionals and she asked lady, Will it be painfully clear that they are acting? Because yes. it needs to be painfully Painful. clear that they're like, acting. Those guns better look fake. <laughs> and they did do a good job being like, wave your hands in the air. Yeah. But that still was no stop for Portia's energy where them reflexes were cat-like, honey. <laughs> she <laughs> hopped over that couch and said, not me. 
I loved it. Not today, not me. But I love the energy with the the lady coming in screaming. Like, they were all just confused with the screaming woman. (laughs) They were like, what happened with her? That is unfortunate. (laughs) What she meant? Who was this girl again? Like, where did she come (laughs) from? (laughs) And then, of course, naturally, as it gets going, you got three people max participating in the party. And what I can't say enough is how many times I have hosted my favorite lovely people of color, specifically black people friends at a dinner party. And whatever I told them we were going to do, they said debatable. We'll let you know. I'm like, I'll give them the itinerary and they'll be like, okay, cute girl. We'll let you know how we feel about it. If we're Unless it's do it like or spades or what's that? Not bongo. Like, catchphrases they're like mm, yeah we'll see they, yeah things like that but it's still you got to just say game night you can't really give them specifics because mm-hmm. it has to be something that the spirit leads them to do if exactly. they don't feel it in their heart they're not going to do it and I get that because Kenya plans this whole thing probably paid for it and they're like oh she did oh it's a murder mystery mm, sound like thinking where the Hennessy at actually and but she had like, them take turn shots up. before. She had them take shots before. So it was like. Foolishly, yes. I loved Portia when she's like, I just came to party. <laughs> I came to dance and drink. And I said, relatable. Exactly. Portia exactly. is everyone. During she the was pandemic. like, everybody understood. They're like, mm, nope, not. But the one of the detectives, the one with the ponytail, he was down to dance and drink too. Yes. Like, but I love how Portia did at least engage the contractors. She was like, were you here? So you have new people. Let's party. Exactly. Let's get going. And you just have Tanya and Candy pretty Candy. much doing it. And Kenya's like, guys, do it. And then you have Latoya giving up her own thing. And she said, y'all, it's me. I, I killed it. them. Can we have fun now? And I'm like- But notice Kenya hmm. didn't get mad at Latoya, even though Latoya was a part of the drunken mess. Exactly. And, and I was like, what is with the, what is with the two of you? Mm-hmm. I don't get it. I, <laughs> I don't know, but I have my thoughts and my opinions. <laughs> Um, but I also, they were on an eight hour bus drive. So I think that also yeah, added to, loose. they had no time for this. They're like, you made us go on this bus ride. That was supposed to be four hours. It ended up being eight hours. And we mm. know you took a private jet there. Ooh. So I have no time for it. it was Very good point. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like they weren't going to play ball with Kim, Miss Kenya. Yes, I, I get it. Okay. And then we have the conversation, LaToya and Drew are into this kind of like heated match because LaToya pulled on Drew. Yes, drunk, very clearly. There are some libations happening. However, Drew was like, just still don't run up on me. Mm-hmm. And I, in this time of COVID, I am very much of that same family. Please don't touch me, girl. I don't know if you last wash your hands. I don't know if you're a 10 second washer, a 30 second washer. I don't know. I've Pre-COVID, never COVID, I was like, I'm still like, you're too close. Yeah, don't touch me. Like, I mean, it's going to make me think. I think I like space. Yeah. And mind you, LaToya, my family is also from the West Indies. We're Jamaican. And we are, we are a touchy-feely people, but we don't touch people that we don't know or that we know we have an issue with Mm because that's just ready for a fight. So sorry, LaToya. Nope. Nope. You heard it here. Straight from (laughs) the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Cynthia wasn't having it. that when she was like touched because Cynthia's like I dated a Jamaican I don't know 
<laughs> I have <laughs> word from a friend who works at a black publication. The publisher and CEO is friends with Mr. Peter Thomas and Peter oh. Thomas had to be stopped from running up on several people <laughs> when things don't go his way. So, so <laughs> he's not a toucher. He's not a toucher. Either. No. So I get it. But so Latoya and Drew are like, okay, now they're in a little bit of a fight. And I just love how the response to being touched once and personal space being invaded is to swarm. I love that that's our first response. <laughs> now we must swarm the issue. We swarm Drew. We swarm Latoya. Mm-hmm. No, do you understand why? No, but just don't like, like, okay, give me, literally that's going to hype them up more. But that is our first response. It's get closer and protect <laughs> you. Like, you know. <laughs> but then the, I love that because Latoya said to Kenya, don't touch me at that moment too did you catch that yes yes like oh oh Mm. okay so that is that pot pollen cattle okay girl Mm -hmm. um they have they do the 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 apology thing drew's like okay i yeah i accept it but we moving like we moving on don't you latoya asks, can i touch you now and drew's like so the answer is still profoundly it's a no like you cannot that's the whole point don't do it then. Don't do it now. Without permission, with permission, don't touch me. And that's fair. I thought she said, can I touch your hair or something? Yeah, she said, can I, I think she did say, can I touch you now? Like, can I touch your hair? Like she said, like both congruently and, and Drew's like, no, oh, okay. that's still touching me. Cause she because she like apologized and she said, like, so can I touch you now? Yes. Okay. Cause no. I was like, I totally understood Drew's reaction because she, again, threw like more shade. Like, let me touch your hair. Cause Please she was like, touch my hair. hair. And like, I was like, stop girls. It's weird that she decided that that's going to be her plot line coming after Drew's hair. It's super, mm-hmm. it's weird. I, it is weird. It's, it's so silly. I'm tired of the hair conversation on Atlanta. Yeah. I really need that to end because I mean, it, I don't get it. Like, I get it, Latoya. Your hair is beautiful, but also you spend your, your business is beauty. Exactly. Period. Like, your job is beauty. Like, and Drew reminded you, we'll get to it at the end. She reminded you that her job is to keep you entertained. Here's a picture of me signed <laughs> yes. for you. And I think that is the appropriate response. And what I will say I'll give to Latoya is I like that she took it with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. I enjoy that she did laugh and was like, yeah, that was a good one. Like, good one back. I was because good. Kenya, her girl, would never. never. You say she has a wig and she basically says your man is cheating on you. Like, that is her <laughs> appropriate the response. sentence you just said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have a and wig. And bring the mistress <laughs> to the next event you were at, at brunch. Like the extreme, the extreme, and then try to ruin someone else's business. <laughs> yes, yeah, like she's like, well, actually, what you're saying about me is my hair, and that's my whole business. I'm like, I mean, yeah, but also, girl, it's not an insult that you wear a wig. We tend, exactly. especially because you have beautiful hair. I would assume you want to protect it. Exactly. Lately, because it's the winter, I have not been wearing my hair naturally curly. I have been pressing it out more and I'm noticing the straight pieces left and right. Like when I wash it. So now I'm like, now I have to keep it straight or I'm going to have to get braids or something, which yours look beautiful right now, by the way. Yeah, I'm like, old. I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to because what else am I going to do? So King, it's not an insult. And I like the fun shade of Drew and Latoya because yes, it's shady. Yes, it's too much, but they're mm-hmm. equally level, you know? But honestly, I didn't also, I didn't think Drew's wig was that bad. It's like, not I, that serious. It wasn't that serious. I We've seen 
a lot worse wigs on the housewives of atlanta mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. it was including like the one that miss kenya was wearing that day that was not done right it was not yes. put on correctly nini wore ramen noodles on her head and, 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 <laughs> and but it's okay we can say because nini's also had great hair moments I loved her George Washington era. <laughs> <laughs> Not the George Washington. I love that. I no, loved it. Not. I genuinely loved it. I miss Nini. I love it. I like, like, I love Nini in a short, in a shortcut, in a short. I mean, she definitely with... knows how to rock it, which is actually really, it's really special. And it's a special mm-hmm. talent as someone who is taller and more voluptuous. It's like, to be able to rock a very short look and still keep it elegant, keep girly is actually mm-hmm. pretty, it's pretty stately. That's a really good thing to have. Exactly. I think I, I love it. I'm, I love Miss Nene. <laughs> yeah, I miss Nene. You think she would be categorized as an auntie or a niece? Because we see from this episode, it's not about age. It it's is about not about age. Set, which is very true. And y'all, for those who do not know, and auntie is what, especially we in the Black community, call those who have ascended past their ages and their days of debauchery and <laughs> foolishness and engaging. They have permanently Meredith Marks disengaged. Disengaged. From the bullshit. And they're like, ooh, they always have like a little word of wisdom. Mm-hmm. They, like, they might drink tea before bed now, you know, and I too like some tea. So sometimes people compare me even to an auntie. I was just saying I have auntie tendencies. I do. I am not fully <laughs> there yet, but like I'm on my way. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to be a particular age and they call themselves the nieces because they're fully engaged in the bullshit still. Mm-hmm. They would like to do the petty fights. They want to gossip. They want to have the Hennessy. They want to be up till two. Whereas the other ladies have an attitude. And you mentioned this off air that Candy's response to being called an auntie was the quintessential auntie. auntie. <laughs> like when she sucked her teeth and there was like <laughs> when she was sitting there eating, it was like an auntie at a cookout with a plate in the corner, yes. like watching and judging. Yes. Like that is Candy's whole vibe. <laughs> if you need a, like a really good depiction of what this looks like, our first real major social media agreed upon auntie was one Miss Mary J. Blige because mm-hmm. she gives us auntie music. She gives us auntie yes. feels. You play them at the cookout and the aunties get up and that's they song. That's uh-huh. they shit. That's that joint. And all of a sudden they're dancing like Mary where it's more of a bop. They're not trying mm-hmm. to twerk on nobody. They might already have a husband or decided that they don't really want that right now. They're comfortable <laughs> in their life. They're good with the 401k. They're like, we're good on this front. They know how to get their good recipes. They are giving the recipes, not mm-hmm. asking for the recipes. And they're at the cookout going, oh, this is my song. Get that red cup. And they just get to job. And yes. I don't know nothing about this. That is your <laughs> Yes, that's the a quintessential Mary J. Blige moment where she's bopping and vibing for an auntie yeah so she's like i'm trying to show y'all i'm still young here. and that Ooh. red cup might last them all night and they yeah, they are they sipping. are tipsy from it they're <laughs> sipping and tipsy <laughs> like it hit them it hit them <laughs> it's like that's that all night oh that's strong what that got in my cup well, maybe one exactly. of those, girl. it what might be just that? a mimosa <laughs> like my mom <laughs> 
Ooh, give me a mimosa. <laughs> right. They're like, uh, they're removed from being moms or grandmothers. They're like mm-hmm. not boring. They're still lit and they want you to know it. But they're lit at 5 p.m. on a Saturday and they're going to go home at 7.30 when it's dark because they need to get up for church in the morning. Exactly. But they're going to be at both functions because they can handle it because they're still young and fun. <laughs> okay. So and that's what Candy and Cynthia and Kim, they were trying, I loved the the opposite portrayals, like the different portrayals of the different rooms. Like the one room, way too many people in it, doing the most, <laughs> eating on a bed, eating on a bed. bed. <laughs> Truly, like, and see, the aunt is like, girl, sit at a table. Why are you sitting on the floor? Like, they're like, yes. they're this, they're automatically civilized in the sense of like, we gonna use some cutlery. We can do a dish. Let's just put it in a dishwasher. You don't need to like. Because exactly. me, I'm still in a place. I'm a niece. I'm still like, if I have paper plates, I'm using paper plates. <laughs> Even in my own home. I'm a cutlery girl. I'm an auntie cutlery girl. Okay. Yeah. So. I mean, I'm trying. My fiancés will do it all the time. And I, so mm-hmm. I don't buy them. But I'm like, if they're there, it's one less load to do. I'm simply just saving on the bill but that's the thing is like and that's what got me to ask the question because Marlo is in the niece's room where do you think Nini would be I actually fully believe that she would be an auntie I don't think she'd be a niece see that's the thing I I have I have some niece Nini memories but her her demeanor is an auntie like think about the the fight in the hotel room mm-hmm. with Nini and Kenya mm-hmm. and or what and like when Nini was telling us you don't know what was her name Yvonne Yvonne oh Yvonne yeah that whole scene and I feel like Nini was giving kind of auntie tendencies where she dropped the bomb but she didn't want to like be engaged in the fighting yeah and so that's when I'm like I guess she is an auntie but then you got Nini. But th- yeah, Nini. When Nini's like dropping it low on the pole is with her husband. So, but see, yeah, auntie that's auntie. know how to get down. Exactly, Look at Miss Candy. Exactly. But they're just simply not engaging in all the debauchery. And the last memories we have of Nini is she's on an apology tour, and it's like I just want to love and light. And I'm like, that's why Cynthia and Candy and even Kenya, like they're mm-hmm. all in an auntie place because. She's like, it's a vibe and they're just boring. And Marlo is still fully ready to engage in all the bullshit. So she's when she's ready to engage, it's always a bad sign of her spiraling. Yes. Okay. It's like when Nini engages, it's like what we got in the West Indies. It's it's like when she's throwing popcorn or spitting popcorn at people. Like when Nini's engaging, it's spir- it's spiral Nini. So that's yes. true. I think she's aged out of nieces. And when she's stooping to nieces' age, it means it's a bad sign. It's a bad yes, sign. Yes, I completely agree. And like old cokehead and racist when she called Andy and Wendy that. <laughs> That's, that's, that's an example of Twitter finger niece spiraling. Ooh, a memory. Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, one of my other favorite moments of this episode is when Portia addresses the barbecue attend- attendant. She goes, oh, what you cooking? And as a vegan, he goes, I got a whole pig for y'all. And I was like, I'm not a vegan, but I can't imagine what that was because her face was like, I'm vegan. She's, yeah, I was like, she said it, she stepped back and she's like, okay. It's a no for me. And that made, he goes, oh, I'm sorry. And that made me laugh. It was like, I'm sorry to hear that. 
<laughs> like she lost somebody. Did you ever think she was gonna give give in when they tempted her? Because she's I recently really did. Yeah, she's very recently, but I mean, I uh, I don't know, because she's been off and on before. She was vegan like a couple of seasons ago, but then she said she was eating ham all pandemic. So exactly, and she's like a southern girl. Like that was that yeah. was tempting. I now, was there was some good vegan soul food, but I really thought that that pig was going to tempt her. But maybe she was like, I don't want to have to dig into the whole body like Tanya. Mm-hmm. Do you think Tanya? Is is she spoiled? Because Kenya said she's a little spoiled because she's like, I don't want to reach into the entire body and pull out some meat. Can someone get me some meat? I mean, I did see it, but then I also get it. I I get it because I would do the same thing. I would okay. be like, oh, can you spread? Can you like put it? Is there a platter that you have already partitioned the meat on? Because mm-hmm. I want to get the good pieces. I've also been to a big grills where I have like pulled it off. Uh, so I've done both. My fifth grade party was a luau with the pig too. <laughs> wow. My mother is extra. Yes. <laughs> it was absurd. I was embarrassed. <laughs> I was embarrassed. I mean, I kind of get it because 10 year olds. So <laughs> yes. like, and I had a pig. Why did I roast and pig? But like exactly. I like it now as an adult. As but an I adult. can understand 10-year-old me. Because now I'm like, that's adventurous. Go ahead, mom. But 10-year-olds are like, what do I do with it? Exactly. And they don't like they'll eat things, but they don't want to see the face. It's like a weird concept. They have separated 100 the options to them of like what meat is and animals. They do not associate the two at all. So when exactly. you put a face on it, they're like, like it's it's a problem and I can understand why you're like oh god mom what didn't you just serve hot dogs I I was embarrassed I was so embarrassed (laughs) so so I get I actually get it I've been there where I didn't want it but then I've also been at a party in college where I was like let me get that meat (laughs) (laughs) so listen Tanya's just trying to have fun and finally eat and get some good pieces because Kenya is not feeding them for lunch. She let them know that there is food in the fridge. I've never heard a whole sales. She said, y'all got leftovers. There's food in the fridge. She gave me the mom, the, the, the quintessential mom response of we got food oh, at yeah. home. We don't have, you got McDonald's money. We got food <laughs> at home. Exactly. She said, this crab cake is for I yeah, and I, I was- alone. Yeah, and why wasn't the food in the fridge good enough for she is a terrible hostess? Candy it would was, at least it uh, would have at least been like, hey guys, it's lunchtime. Let's start preparing the food in the fridge. Like we or do. Or I'm together. putting in an order. Do you want me to send you the grub hub link and we can do a split? <laughs> exactly. They have that option. It was it was weird. It made no sense. I was like, it Candy gave me happening. like really young bachelorette party vibes. Yeah. <laughs> where, where like, Candy was not having it. She said, what you won't do is play mm-hmm. with me mm-hmm. about a crab cake. You will not bring it poolside and not offer me a bite. It was weird. It was weird and it was aggressive. (laughs) It was aggressive. It was very aggressive. It was rude. It was. It was Kenya. (laughs) It was giving me, I mean, you could, it it was actually, it it was kind of giving me um, a little bit of (laughs) self-hate. Like you don't, first of all, you don't love yourself to bring food in the presence and swarm it in front of a group of hungry 
women, period. But especially hungry. hungry black women and say to them, go cook it yourself. So you want to be in this pool. It so, was, so you want to be face up. It was interesting to me. I was like, I, it's going to be controversial, but because I don't agree with Mark Daly's treatment of her. I don't agree with it, mm-hmm. but yes, I was like, Mark, Mark Daly is watching this and is like, you see, that's why I don't F with her. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, he's watching oh, yeah, this. See, that was Ken. And Ken yes. Didn't like. <laughs> Mark Daly is watching this and is like, you see, she doesn't know how to be a hostess because he has a whole restaurant. So I feel like part of his vibe is making people feel comfortable, right, making right. people feel at home and feeding people like that's yes. his what I'm guessing is his love language. We've never saw it with Kenya. Yeah, we, <laughs> we didn't know it. it. We wouldn't know because we see no love from him on <laughs> we, this show. But his restaurant, actually, when I landed, I was like, I really want some Soko. I really want some Soko. It was one of my last meals that I had before going to Italy. I love his restaurant. So I, his food is good. Oh, it's good. It's oh, good. good. Oh, man. She did say that, though, in the episode. She doesn't say a lot of nice things about him, but she said his food is good. Because my husband's restaurant is delicious. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. It was Michele's first time trying uh, chicken and waffles. Uh, we went there. And then also, I love his lobster shrimp and grits. Oh, it's so good. Oh, no, I his need to eat is- that. His food, there's a line outside. The service is very slow, but it's worth it. Um, yeah, his food is really, really good. I've been a few times, Man. like probably like- well, At least Brooklyn's gonna seven. grow up in a really good empire of yummy food. She just may not get it from her mama, so she might need to ask her daddy. Exactly. Um, we're just kidding, because if anything, Kenya will only ever care about Brooklyn because she brought Brooklyn on the trip. And that is a question that many people have. I mean, Candy tried to let Portia especially be known Mm-hmm. It's not just about she was going to miss her daughter. It was that she has no help, which I get, which is why she brought the baby in the first place. And it's mm-hmm. also why I believe that she, in my opinion, she's going to get upset at the whole stripper sleeping with the women allegation because her daughter will be in the next room sleeping. You, oh, because she's on the trip. Yeah, that makes and she's in the house with them. Right. Yes. Because she made the prep. She made she prefaced it at the beginning of the trip by saying she'll spend the days with the nanny, but the nights with me. And that's the whole point. Oh, that's why that makes complete. It makes so much more sense. Or, well, she's auntie, so she would have gotten upset anyway. Yeah, regardless. Like, how do you But that that gives her like a little bit of ammo that her daughter's here. I mean, I, I saw Portia was pissed like everyone else like Marlo but one thing that Portia's tune changed and she ended the conversation when she said when she asked Kenya I mean Candy oh she's never left her with Mark and Candy was like no, no. I don't think so and Portia's like okay well she don't have help she, it was like Portia suddenly yeah. saw and and saw how dire the situation was too yes. because because she I think one thing that Portia is really happy about her relationship with Dennis is that He's the kind of father that she can leave baby PJ with. Yes. And he picks her up from school all the time. Like they are very much so co-parents and she made all these arrangements before she even left. 
grandma gets the baby, daddy gets the baby, mm -hmm. daddy's mom gets the baby. The baby is constantly being taken care of and put first and having a good time seeing mm -hmm. all of the family and making sure that they're safe and good. But Kenya does not have any of those resources. Exactly. And people are fighting to take care of the baby. Baby, yes. she's loved. Talara's loved. So and, has, and not that Brooklyn's not loved, but it's Kenya doesn't have that support. Love. Right. Of, because her aunt doesn't live in Atlanta, the one that we always see, right? Right. And also, I mean, I can't imagine, especially someone as petty as Marcus, she's super afraid of, and to see Kenya afraid of anybody, first of all, whoa. But her being super afraid, if she left her baby with him for the first time for her to go on a girl's trip, you best believe that's showing up in court. And that's mm -hmm. not it. What we mm -hmm. can't do is that. So she needs to show that she has round the clock hair. The baby is constantly with the mother, even at night, like she doesn't sleep alone. And I think that she's, it's really actually unfortunate. It's hard to feel bad for Kenya, especially in times like these where you're hungry and she won't feed you or provide you with anything <laughs> and it flies above you while you drive in a car for 10 hours. But there are moments where you go, oof, nobody deserves that and this is one of those moments exactly that's the one that's what i don't like about mark daly is that he made he makes me feel bad for kenya because how dare of who you, he sir. is yes that's actually <laughs> really rude because i was really good at i always was full michael rapaport mm -hmm. you must know you were hired as the villain you are the villain you play exactly. that role very well love it or hate it it's necessary but Great. And now you're making me out here empathizing with Corella and that's not fair. Exactly. Like she's a beautiful villain. Like no one wears purple eyeshadow like Miss Kenya Moore. Like mm -hmm. I love her confessionals. I think she's beautiful and she is like the beautiful villain. And then Mark Daly makes me feel bad for her. So I'm like, I'm like get out of here get no. out of here now i just want him gone so i can go back to like love hating her you know yeah you can't even see brooklyn's face on camera <laughs> it's so rude i, love I went on baby. instagram because i was like i want to see her cute cute but baby doll and now he's out here messing up my flow like uh, mm -hmm. mm, well. so what do you know anything about latoya like i've checked out her youtube do you know about like her kids and her husband situation that Drew absolutely brought up? Absolutely nothing. In fact, all I see oh. so far is that she seemingly or is trolling regrets being on the show, which I'm like, how? Because you are fully engaged. You are participating. Was this after the Sheree things. then read her? Was that when she finally regretted it? I don't know. It? it could be, but she posted, she posted, she said it on Twitter. Someone was like, get her off my show. I don't want to see her anymore. And she was like, you and me both or something like that. She was like, so do I. I don't know. Why, why, why is she here? She was like, I don't know either. Something to the effect of like affirming the troll, like the, 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 the person who was like, get off. She was like, mm -hmm. you're right. And I was like, are you trolling them back? Because you don't seem like someone who's regretting being on the show yet. But maybe. Yeah. Yeah. as she's getting the backlash or whatever and seeing it back I, I get maybe I have to see it but it's just you pick the wrong side like you came in because she came in as a friend of Candy so she could have sucked up to Portia and we saw that she had a great time with Portia on really the trip should've. she should be a niece she should be in the niece's room it, she should have been in the niece's room so it was kind of it's just like why did you hit your wagon to Kenya I mean I honestly believe, and I've said this theory before, I think Kenya hitched her wagon to LaToya. 
Mm. I actually think it was the opposite. And Latoya was like, well, I was going to have to do it to someone. And I know they're probably not going to get rid of Kenya. So this is fine. She had a safe bet with either Kenya or Portia. They're almost never going to get fired. Like, I just don't see it happening. Exactly. Like, knock on wood, but I really don't see that happening. They need Agree. both of them so strongly. But with Kenya, Portia, she would have had a good time and longevity would have been like a Tanya situation, especially as Tanya eventually quits this season. Mm-hmm. But with Poor with Kenya, I think Kenya hitched her wagon to Latoya because eventually they're going to be the young cast. I think that we've seen so many indications that they're going to end up replacing at one point. And because Candy said at that party, you Cynthia must be feeling old because I feel old here. And I'm like, oh, they're gearing up to do a sweep and maybe get rid of Cynthia, especially after this terrible edit. And she's now she's flown solo it's failing miserably and that without like you know, being nini's beta and now yeah. and candy we love her but all the best parts of her are her kids and we don't really care about watching her husband spend all her money to start businesses <laughs> to make his own money and then like candy we know she likes sex but like what else is there she's exactly. always been just the voice of reason so yeah we might get a fallon in her jet a Latoya and her separation, a Drew and her trash husband, a Portia and the <gasps> on and off again. And now that's already four. Exactly. What did ass. you think about Drew's husband? Like, I, I know roughly what you think about, but like, he's so scary to me. Yeah, he can flip too easy. That's sociopathic. Like when he was like, like welcome ladies and no. giving them the drinks. I was like, <gasps> no. And she was able to call him. Like, I just, I I need to see more, but I'm like, "Mm." but I think we will. Mm -hmm. And I think that overall, LaToya is riding with Kenya because Kenya is like what they won't get rid of me for though. If they do a sweep of the older, uh, the the veteran women, I should say, they won't get rid of me if they think they have a chance of seeing an on-screen girl on girl thing. Or like if there's a crush to nurture, if there's some kind of relationship there, like she's milking it to be like, what is it? Maybe we're friends, maybe it's more, maybe something else. I'm going through a divorce and maybe I'm just trying to check things out, which is so crazy because Cynthia has been kind of like doing that dance and flirting with that rumor forever. And Cynthia's like, it's mine now. And I'm like, oh, I know Cynthia, but it's, it's Cynthia is just, she's Nini's beta. As you just said, like there is not, Cynthia never really brings anything to the table. It's like people judging her relationship is always the most interesting part about what yeah. she has going on. And Peter Thomas, I loved like that whole storyline. I loved that storyline with Cynthia. Those were my favorite Cynthia days with like Cynthia, Mel and Peter, that weird triangle. <laughs> Ooh, what a time. Those mm. were the good old days, but it's weird. I guess in a lot of the franchises, they're doing like the age shakeup, which. Yeah. And not it's, just it's, one at a time. Exactly. Exactly. And it's like, obviously in Atlanta, there's no scandal to really kick people out for. Like even yes. with Cynthia and the wedding, it's, it's still not like a Kev- Kelly Dodd COVID situation. Yeah, no, so, it's not. And I just keep saying that I don't know who got to go, but I want Fallon because I want a jet on Atlanta. It's been a mm-hmm. long time and we deserve to have this kind of money there. And that's just what I want. And that is talk about traveling in style. We absolutely would love to see that. And exactly. I think that we deserve. And when we finally get out of COVID and we are able to travel, I want to take the first Fallon jet to somewhere beautiful and tropical 
where is the place that you're going as soon as all of this is over and we can actually roam freely around oh, the world? As soon as we can roam freely. I really want to go to Ghana. That's oh where, yes. yes, I really want to go to Ghana. That's kind of, that's where I've been wanting to go or Senegal, one of the two. And like the beach, I want to go to the beaches in Senegal. I want to go to Dakar. I want to see it all. I want to explore more. I've been to South Africa and like a, like Djibouti and a few other places in North Africa. Uh, but Ghana is where I want to, I want to go. And I want to see some housewives go there. I thought yeah. like, I thought that they would do, have they ever done Africa? Did any of my housewives do South Africa? They didn't do South, but I think, yes, they did. How Atlanta did. They went because yeah. Shamia they talked about the prices of the flights, the plane tickets, like 5k or something like that. Exactly. They, they, they did go to Africa that I did remember. And that was it. So I would like to, so I want to see that again. Yeah, exactly. I want to, I want to see that. I want to see. Yeah. I love, I love the housewives and where they travel. Like the Beverly Hills girls always go to the furthest. So yeah, except for this year, honey, they go in like the San Diego, but oh, it's yeah. fine. It's fine. We're all doing new things. I would be shocked if they didn't, try to go to Mexico like I feel like Kyle is going to be pushing like a Cabo or something she's gonna so try it yeah. private she's gonna try to do a private trip private I'm jet okay trip. with that if they're not endangering anybody else stay in the house and do your thing as long as it's not Erica's private plane <laughs> and it wouldn't be because it's owned by the judge now oops just kidding that was alleged um Anaya <laughs> where are people finding your travel experiences and excursions where are they locating you where are they falling in love with you all over again as they just did on this episode oh thank you on Instagram n-n-e-y-a double n and on my blog naperfectworld.com Love that. Oh my God. Thank, thank you so, you. so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. You giving us your travel expertise and your Bravo obsessions. Oh, I love a Bravo. I like the international Bravos too. <laughs> Once I figure out what a VPN and all that stuff is, I'm going to get into that and we're going to do some Patreons or something for y'all. But in the mm -hmm. meantime, y'all, of course, stay happy, stay healthy, stay safe, stay home. And if you are not staying home, follow Anaya's Instagram and all her expertise on how to safely not stay home thank y'all safely yes thank you so much for having me for more about me bravo housewives pop culture and so much more follow me on instagram at mixing with money m-i-x-i-n-g-w-i-t-h-m-a-n-i so you can keep up with me and don't forget to also leave a quick review on Apple Podcasts if that's where you're listening and rate me and maybe give me five stars. Thanks so much. Bye.